I think it's game time, baby. Let's go. Let's do it like this. Check one, check two. Is everybody in? Is everybody motherfucking in? Welcome to Hoodstocks, baby. It's been a long day today. I've been in school since 7 a.m. I got out at 3.45, and we are here to do the podcast. Today's podcast is brought to you by Dentlow Tattoos, Tattoo Arts. The homie is the cover-up king. You got a bad tattoo? He can cover it up with something nice. This dude is a real, is a real magician. He's out of San Diego, California. Very talented tattoo artist. For appointments... And prices, email dentlokeTattooArt at gmail.com. DentlokeTattooArt at gmail.com. $100 deposit, Venmo, or cash, which is king. Right, baby? You know what I mean? And uh, homie will take care of you. This dude has been fucking with the podcast for a long time. Uh, big shout out to this dude. He is the cover up king, right? Uh, today's podcast is also, also brought to you by KY Jelly. Tired of getting screwed by the cops? Uh, make it easy on yourself with KY Jelly. Yes, sir. No ripping, no tearing, smooth sensation. Just, just might make you want to break the law more often. <laughs> Depending on who you are. KY Jelly. Oh, Jesus. Uh, today's podcast is brought to you by Modelo for Men. Yes. Uh, Modelo for Men. Uh, going out on a fancy date? Going out on a fancy night to Jack in the Box with your new hyena that has three babies from three of your homies? Go out smelling like a G. Modelo. Uh-huh. For Men. I was a little corny, huh? <laughs> hold on, hold on, hold on. Where's it at? Where's it at? <laughs> wait, wait, hold on. That ain't it. That ain't it. Hold on, hold on, hold on. Hold on, hold on. Hold on. Shut the fuck up. There it is. <laughs> there it is, baby, baby. Uh, today, uh, the, uh, the last recall in California. Let's, let's move forward, gentlemen. Sorry about that, guys. You know what I mean? Sometimes I think I'm funny. <laughs> uh, 
to roll of the dice. Uh, so is life, though, too, right, baby? Uh. Uh, the last recall in California was 18 years ago. Republican Arnold Schwarzenegger replaced Gray Davis. Why did they name him? Why did they name him Gray? Was it their favorite color? I don't know. Anyways, that's besides the point. Uh, California politics are currently in limbo. <laughs> Campaigning to be our next governor. Everybody, get up out your motherfucking futons, baby, and give it up for Daniel Mercury, baby. Let's go. It's game time. <laughs> Thank you. Love it. How you doing, brother? I'm doing good. Tired. Definitely tired. Who? That's me and you, dog. Yeah. What, what kind? What'd you do today? Is there? Is it okay to call? Uh, maybe soon to be governor. Thank you, dog. <laughs> hey, dog. Go ahead. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> yeah. I mean, let me let me get my motherfucking uh my etiquette right. <laughs> I might be talking to a. Uh, Soon to be governor. You never no, know, baby. No, be yourself, man. I, I'm the same way. Listen, I tell people, people think that, you know, I, they got to be all poised. And I actually put up on my website, I tell people I'm done with political correctness. I don't give a darn about any of that stuff anymore. I tried when I ran for Congress and I realized that wasn't me. It was never me. I thought that that's what I had to be like, you know, snapshots and sound bites, you know, shaking hands and kissing babies. And I realized that was just nonsense because that's not me. And I hated all of that. Excuse me, brother. Yeah. Like that. There you go. There you go. And so I just, uh, I realized, you know, that was the biggest mistake I could have ever done was not be me. And so I realized in this race, you know, I'm up on social media as much as I can and try to designate, you know, a day or two where I'm just focusing on, you know, because there's, you know, I get, I'm already shadow banned. So if anybody that's out there, you can try to, and you're not following me, go ahead and try to type in my name, Daniel Mercury. You won't find me. But if you go to my website and you click on my link, it'll take you straight to my page or unless somebody sends you a link. So I got shadow banned. Who did you get shadow banned by, bro? Facebook. Wow. So if you don't call that interference in an election, right, you're interfering with a candidate who's running, who's certified, who's qualified, and now you can't actually look me up, right, because they don't like what I'm saying or maybe because I have a potential of winning. And so I get shadow banned. And then, then it went over to uh, Instagram and Instagram decided to also uh, uh, prevent me from promoting because you have to tie the two social media sites together if you want to run ads. So now I can't run ads, uh, at least not on, on Instagram. And then TikTok, I had over 3,000 followers and then they took that down a couple weeks ago. Luckily, I got a great team that you know built it back up to about almost 2,000 again. But again, it's you know these are the things that go on behind the scenes. And so, and that's because I'm not being politically correct. I'm not saying what everybody wants to hear. I'm saying all the stuff that people just don't want to hear. I don't really care anymore. You know, bro, one, you know, <clears throat> let me tell you this. We're going to move forward into this, uh, this podcast, bro. And there's going to be things that we don't agree on, bro. But right now, and I'm, I'm not, I don't, I don't know, ever try to be this dude, bro. But right now what you're saying, I like what you're saying, bro. Be yourself. Yep. You know what I mean? Don't, don't fucking campaign and act like you're somebody that you're not. Yep. Let people know who they could potentially be voting for. Yeah. You know, and I respect that and I appreciate that. That's a, that's a man. That's a man, bro. You Thank know what I mean? You. That's what we should do, you know? Um, let's start it off like this, Daniel. This is how I want to start it off. Um, I want to start it off like this. Daniel, why are we here? What is the message you would like to share with this community? When you say, why are we here? You mean, why are we in this uh, situation is like what we're going through as a country, um, as a state, all of the above? Well, me and you are here right now. Yeah. You know, and we're here for a purpose. What is your purpose? Your purpose is to run for governor. Mm. You know what I mean? So what message, that is, that is what I mean by why are we here. Yeah. Oh. So let me, let me answer the question, answer my question. Um, what is the message that you would like to share with this very special community we have right here, bro? 
You know, just to let everybody know, it is exactly what I came up with. Well, actually, my wife and I, you know, I always say, you know, behind every good man is a, is a great woman. And it was my wife and I that came together that realized and asked really a very something similar, and that is to starve the government and feed the people. I'm not a proponent for government, not with what is going on right now. Government's job is, has always been to allow for you to engage in prosperity without overreach, right? Stopping you from engaging with your community, expanding on your own business, uh, you know, hiring people and growing. That is what you're supposed to do. My, my life has always been aimed towards trying to better my family. And the more that government has grown to the point where I can't prosper, I can't, I can't share, I can't you know, help someone out in need because I can barely put food on the table myself, then I realized that government overreach has gone way too far. And so I realized the more I started digging, the more I realized we need to starve the government so that the people can be fed. That's why I'm running. It has nothing to do with creating more contracts and more government overreach and oversight. That's nonsense. And so I just, I've had enough of it. And that's exactly why I've decided to step up. And because I got exposed to corruption firsthand. And I really was gonna throw my hands up in the air and say, screw it, I've had enough of this. I, you know, I fought for this country and now the country is starting to turn on me. But I realized it's not the people, it's the people in office. And so my wife and I said, do we, do we leave or do we stay and fight? In California. In California. And I, I realized, well, I can either, I can stand my ground now and fight today, or I can leave and fight somewhere else. Either way, the fight's here. The fight is right at our doorstep. And this is what a lot of other people don't want to talk about. They don't want to talk about that nothing is working. Everything's falling on deaf ears. Your, your board of supervisors, your city, your mayor, your city council, everything is falling on deaf ears. People are, are screaming. Going up and down the state, I hear people crying about, you know, the, their jobs, losing their families, you know, uh, because, uh, you know, they're going on the street now or they can't get their kid in school or they can't have, you know, they don't have enough medical uh, because they can't afford it now because their job let them go because of, you know, the vaccine or the mass mandates or because of their fundamental beliefs. Like, I can't, I'm a human being and it gets to you when you hear people talk to you and they tell you their grievances and, and no one's doing anything to help them. I'm a civilian just like you. I don't have any power right now. And, but I can do is give my shoulder and give my possibilities of what we can do as a community. But your representatives that we voted or didn't vote are the ones that aren't listening. And there's a lot of reasons why, but I had enough and I said, this is, we need to starve them. And there are a lot of methods of starving. It's not just money, right? It's their ability to have power over you. Why do they have power over us? How did we, where did we lose sight? And that's what I've been spending. And I've been campaigning for a year now and Can, people didn't know that. First, first and foremost, I want to tell you, thank you for your service, sir. Thank you. Appreciate that. You're a, a Navy vet, is that <clears throat> yes. correct? Yeah, Navy yeah. veteran. Thank you, brother, for your service very much. Um, when we talk about starving the government, how would you define that, bro? And I know you did a little bit, bro, but yeah. you know what I mean? What would we uh, starve the government for and get in return? Well, one of the things that we need to do is, is remove their ability to have control over us, right? That starves them from having power over the people. The people are supposed to have control over their representatives. That's the way, right? And it's written down, right? It's written in our constitution. It's written in our state constitution. The people have the right to instruct that's a key word. It's written in our state constitution to instruct our representatives. Why aren't they listening? And the problem is, is that they've engaged in all of these contractual agreements behind closed doors with corporations, 
businesses, people that can really line their pockets. And people think, oh, no, that's not true. No, it's definitely true, especially when I got a good taste of it when I ran for Congress. That money is is great. It's tremendous. And, and a lot of people who get into this, like me, I'm not rich. I, I'm, I make an average living like everybody else. And I'm okay with that. I'm as common as they come. I don't, I don't, I don't seek, you know, to be a millionaire. I just want my nice little home to be able to raise my family and be left alone in peace and quiet. That's it. Right. I don't need much, but these people, they engage in these contracts and these contracts are causing all of us to have to pay out what they make an agreement to. Right. So any guarantee that the state or the city uh, signs an agreement, it's guaranteed. Well, who guarantees it? You, the people through your taxes. Right. That's how they get those money. That's how the, these corporations and these, um, you know, inner cities and, and state and federal, they, they, a guaranteed contract with whoever they make it with gets paid out by us through a new proposition. All of a sudden, we have to pay more money. And the way to starve them of this is to remove that from them. And so how do we do this? Well, there are dozens of ways. And uh, one, of the, one of the things that I look at is, you know, for instance, uh, you got sheriffs, right? We got LA County sheriffs, right? We got Ventura sheriffs. Sheriffs get their money from the Board of Supervisors or your city council members, right? So your, your representatives control the purse. They're the ones that control the money. Well, through proposition, that money can be transferred over to our executors, our executors like our sheriffs. Let them control their own money. Because what happens is, is the sheriffs are voted in by the people. That's why, that's why we had sheriffs that came out and they basically told everybody, they told the governor, yeah, we're not gonna enforce your draconian mandates because they're unconstitutional. Good for them. That means that they were in support of the people. They were looking out for the people. But the Board of Supervisors will threaten them by saying, well, we're not gonna give you enough funding, so you're not gonna have enough people on the street to protect your communities, right? This is what goes on behind closed doors. So they have to fight them because they don't control their own wallet. Well, as a proposition, there's nothing to say that we can't, as a people, vote on that and say, no, we're gonna give it to the Sheriff's Department and let the sheriffs control their own purse. Then if the sheriffs want a pay raise, the people say yes or no. Oh, you're not doing a good job, Mr. Sheriff. You want a you want a pay raise? You need to prove to us that you're the community, the community, inner city. Yes. And it can be done that way. But do you really think that uh, they're going to, you know, they're this is why I'm saying this is why people are telling me to shut up because it puts you back into control. It starves them of their ability to swindle money and then use it however they want, and then they stonewall your local, you know, your local uh, law enforcement. So th- these are simple things that can be done. Why aren't anybody doing it? This is why, because they don't, it puts you back into control. It takes, to, it takes the power out of your, your board of supervisors or your city mayor and council members, right? It puts it in the sheriff's hands. And since you vote in the sheriff, the sheriff wants you to be back in, you don't have to vote him back in. You say, no, you know, you've abused your power, you're done, you're out. Oh, you want a pay raise? We're not going to give it to you this year because you've been abusive in your, in your uh, you know, in com- you know, protecting our community. We're going to so, remove all that. So if, if, that, if, that, if the people have the power, the way that would work would be obviously uh, a, maybe a ballot put out, voting, you know what I mean, uh, some type of census or something like that, that that people would, you know, vote on if they, you know, would get a raise, so on and so forth. Yeah, fiscal policy every year, the people always agree, even through your community right now, it still happens. They have to agree if they want more money, your local communities have to request it, right? They have to request it of their people. We don't participate that much, which now we really should because look what they're doing. They're shutting you down. 
they're locking up our businesses. They're telling you to wear your mask, and now they're forcing mandates. And now we're hearing what CNN talk about what don't you can't go get grocery food now if you don't have your your vaccine. Well, now you're preventing me from uh, you're preventing me from feeding my kids. Now you're preventing me from supporting my family. All right, these are the things that uh, you know. I know it can sound complicated, but it's really not. It's really simple. I mean, that's because you got a bunch of corrupt bureaucrats that don't give a crap about you. So I want to I want to tell you one thing as we, before we move forward into this podcast. I am neither Republican or Democrat. I am me. You know, I stand as an individual. Um, we talked on the phone. I am not well versed in politics. You know, I see it and I'll tell you how I feel it. Right, because if you see something, you feel something. Right, you know. Yeah. Sometimes the uh, it can be compulsive, and possibly uh, not well thought out at times when you react to certain situations. But that's me as just a human being, and I am flawed, and I don't have all the answers. You know, I don't have all the answers. You know, I'm not. You know, maybe I'm not smart enough. Maybe it's above my pay grade. But I know what I feel. You know, and there's there's. East LA, baby. <laughs> but I just wanted to let you know that I'm, I'm, I stand on neither side of the fence, you know, and that's just from my background, where I'm from. But I have a list of questions yeah. that I want to take you down, bro. Yeah, absolutely. You know, and I just want to pick your brain, see, yeah. see you know, kind of where you at, how you feel about things. Yeah. I want to talk about situations that affect this community right here, you know. And, uh, you know, just answer them as... I'll be honest, and I'll tell everybody honest. right now, I'll tell your audience too, um, I don't have the answers to everything because I'm human. I don't, uh, I don't pretend to be what I'm not. And if, uh, and if you're expecting something else, um, you're not gonna get it, <laughs> you know? I'm gonna, I'm gonna tell you the way it is, and if I don't know, I'll get back to you. Yeah, exactly, and I like that, dog. So, starting off, how do you feel about system-impacted people well when you talk about system it, it that also borders on when we talk about systemic racism but you said the key word system that yes. impact people you're right the system is government so when we talk about system you're talking about the government and when it impacts people um, we have to make sure that the impact when it affects people it's always positive it always grants them more than what they really have asked for right so system impact the way I'm, the way I'm understanding it is, we need to avoid anything that's negative. So if people can't uh, get their education, if people um, are being uh, oppressed by you know local tyranny, right? If people can't uh, actually engage in prosperity because there's too much red tape because they can't even open up a business, um, that's negative. And the, the the purpose of any system, at least when it comes to government, is supposed to provide more civil liberties, not less. It's not supposed to infringe upon you. It's supposed to grant. Right, and instead we have engaged in um, oppressing everybody to meet the needs of the government, which is your representatives. Well, it's not supposed to be that way. And in fact, they should be making less, and we should be prospering. Right? Those systems are impacting everybody negatively. Education, your uh, taxes. Right? We're supposed to. That's all supposed to be minimized, so that a real free society doesn't have anything impinged upon by the government. That's what that's supposed to be. So people should be positively impacted, not negatively. Okay. Let me rephrase the question. Yeah. 
How do you feel about prison system impacted people? I think the reason why a lot of the system, when we talk about the prisons, and because this is California, right? Oh, no, yeah, no, I hear you. Ooh. I know. Uh, well, you know, it's funny too, you know, that's at that grasp, you know, people say, you know, well, you don't know much about, you know, crime. And I say, well, half my family, you know, are criminals. <laughs> the other, the other half, half are law enforcement. I'm right in the middle. Yeah. So, um, and, 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 and love and respect to both sides of your family. Yeah. Uh, thank you. Yes, sir. Uh, yeah. So when we talk about say criminal justice reform, the, and we look at the people that are in our prisons, I've actually taken a tour of, uh, our local, uh, jails and our county prisons and our county systems. Um, I'll tell you right now, it starts with the judges. Uh, we have to start with our judges. You want, you want to fix that? You want to fix the people that are being impacted heavily? All crime, from what people don't understand, is, um, what's that old saying? Uh, all crime is uh, commercial, meaning this, it's profit. Yeah. So there's a criteria that's, that's um, laid out our judges know this. Your lawyers know this. This is why when you go into court, you have to have a lawyer who um, is there to uh, represent you. Well, represent meaning represent you. Why are they representing you? Because you're, we're under business law. So when we talk about our jails, you have to start with the judges. Because the judges here in the state of California, we have over, I think it's uh, 1,500 judges. Well, out of 1,500 judges, only one judge has been recalled in 80 years. So you mean to tell me that each and one, every single one of them were saints? You mean they didn't, uh, they didn't uh, engage in any scrupulous activities? You mean they were all perfect? No, that's a load of garbage. In fact, that's why it's tied into all crime is commercial. There's a profit to be made. Absolutely, it's a big business, baby. So my idea as running as governor is to start investigating our judges. It's time to start removing the judges. People didn't realize that if you want to fix criminal justice reform, you have to start up at the top. I always say there are no bad teams. There are only bad leaders. And when you look at our judges, you can easily tell that they've engaged in uh, criminal misconduct, right? They've abused of authority. It's obvious. We have here in the state of California, under our state constitution, it's called a judicial reform committee. The governor can change out out of 10 positions for them to begin investigations on them. It's irrelevant of who they are. It's the fact that we need to put them on notice and nobody has. Well, let's start putting them on notice. Let's start le letting them know. And then here's the thing, people say, well, how do you get them out? Well, you can impeach them. Well, but that takes the, that takes the legislative branch. Well, that's not gonna happen because we got a bunch of reprobates in office that don't give a crap about you and they're tying in with the judges. Okay, so that's not gonna go that way. The investigation can still commit on its own, but it's gonna go to the Superior Court. Well, that's not gonna happen either. They're all, all the judges you know, protect each other. So no one's gonna get unbenched. So then it's a recall. And the judges are the easiest to recall because everybody does a down ballot voting, meaning they vote for who they want, and then they look down at the other names. They don't really pay attention to the other names. They just look at the, whether they're independent, Democrat, or Republican, and they just down ballot and just choose a name because, oh, they're blue, oh, they're red, oh, they're green party, red party, blue party, purple party. All that party crap is just a faction to keep you separated, which is why I like what you said. You're neither. Listen, I might have to register because of the way the policy is, but I'm a conservative, and first and foremost is because I'm God-fearing, and I'm an American. I can give a crap about what party you are. I really don't. When I served in the military, I didn't give a damn about, you know, when I was flying on a mission, I look over my friend and I didn't say, you know, are you a Republican? Are you a Democrat? <laughs> yeah. I want to make sure, man. I just want to make sure we're on I want to make page. sure who I might die with. Right? You know? yeah. <laughs> just let me know now. <laughs> I, no one cared. No one gave a crap about that stuff. 
And that's how I am right now, right? And so I tell people, listen, your judges are Republican or Democrat, but at the end of the day, it's what they're doing. And that is to, they're engaging in profiteering. And I don't stand for that. It's time to remove them and get them in line. And this is one of the key ways, which is the recall. That puts the power back into the people's hands. And through that investigation, since I can change out four bodies, that's more than enough for me to start investigations across the state. I have, I'm not here to engage in new policies. Policies aren't gonna matter. And, and, and anybody who's watching or listening to this, I'll tell you right now, we all sit here and we go, let's go to the debate. Let's listen to the debates that are happening with some of the other candidates. Those debates, even I've held my own, are pointless in a lot of respect because we have a trifecta blue state. You think they're gonna give a crap about the new governor? No, it, because they're a super majority, they don't really care. And because they know they have tie-in with the judges, it's all gonna keep you know, going in the, in the, in the stance of uh, profiteering. It really has nothing to do with anything else. It's always about the money. It's always about control and power. Absolutely, absolutely, I agree with you on that. How do you feel about rehabilitated people? Well, that's kind of a loaded question. Which, which kind? Uh, Ex-convicts. Convicts. Um, I mean, everybody has the right to change. Everybody can change. The one group that I don't believe can change are pedophiles. Yeah, In I my agree. personal opinion, I don't really care who you are. If you're a pedophile, you, uh, you are a danger to society. What should we do with these pedophiles? They need to be, well, first and foremost, what, what we're not doing. Put up, we should put them on an island, right? Uh, I wouldn't disagree. A sinking island. Yeah, <laughs> I hear you. <laughs> um, we don't actually, what we need to do when it comes to the pedophiles, when it comes, and especially in our government, let me let everybody know right now, we have pedophiles in our government. And I've already stated this on a, on a short 30-second uh, ad with Spectrum, um, that I'm going to aim to go after everybody that is in our legislative branch that is engaged in creating bills laws that protect the pedophile, protect the predator, and not our child and not the victims. They are the ones that I'm gonna go after. I'm not here to make friends. I'm not here to negotiate with them. So when it comes to people in that respect, there is no actual cure for them. They are to remain locked up. Who was the dude that killed himself in a prison cell? Oh, you're talking about Jeffrey Epstein. Jeffrey Epstein, yeah. Jeffrey Epstein, friends of uh, Donald Trump. And a lot of famous people? A lot of famous people. A lot of famous people are very familiar with him. Who went on his island? That's who I care about. I want to know who the hell went on that island. Well, there's already a manifest, right? We've got, you know, Clinton. Uh, we got uh, Bill Gates, right? There's a manifest that have actually flown onto his island. If you flew onto his island, I can't listen. I come across a lot of people and they're like, oh, you know, you must be friends with them. No, just because I came across with them, I don't. That doesn't mean I'm their friend. It just means that they're part of an arena of group of people that we might all kind of know each other. Did you go on that island? Because there's no other reason for you to go on that island except to engage in pedophilia. I mean, Donald Trump knew, he made a statement. He said, hey, this guy loves young women. So Donald Trump was familiar with Jeffrey Epstein. If he did, then, if he did, then my, my support then would be completely against that. No, right? And a lot of people have asked me right now, who did I vote for? Well, I voted for Trump. Because at the end of the day, all I had was, and I'll be honest with everybody right now. Um, listen, uh, I did not believe that uh, Clinton, Hillary Clinton or Trump at the time were the creme de la creme of what America had to offer, the best of what America had to offer. But that's what we were left. So now, Neither do I. So I went, with, I went with Trump. I looked at Hillary Clinton and I saw all of, uh, you know, she had, a, I think it was 21, 22 uh, FBI gate investigations underneath her belt. 
And uh, Trump didn't have any of that, right? I had, what, did, what did Biden have? Oh, man. He, well, half of what Hillary Clinton had was on his list, not to mention the things that he did under Obama administration. So I did not vote for that man. Yeah. Um, but at the same time, too, people say, well, then you're a Trump lover. No, I don't agree. I, ne I didn't agree with everything that Trump has done. I, I, most of his policies I saw eye to eye on, but I didn't agree with everything. Right. So then if there's more information that says, yeah, he, he was part of that and he's allowed it for that island, then he should be locked up himself. Again, I, it, it has to do with it has to do with the fact that um, if you are sitting here trying to defend pedophilia and you're going to sit here and tell me that uh, you're in office and, uh, you know, we, we should make excuses. No, no, I don't excuse that. And so I tell everybody this is where I stand. So when you talk about, when you ask me about, uh, let's get first and foremost, you know, what I feel about people in rehabilitation, everybody has the ability to be rehabilitated. Pedophilia? No, you don't. Yeah. Ain't no coming back from There's that. no coming back from that. Absolutely not. If you're somebody who gets into office, whether you're the president, like President Trump, or any, or any other representative, um, you need to be locked up too. And you need to be further investigated. It needs to be publicized. And then you need to be judged by a jury of your peers. And then that key needs to be thrown away as well. There's no coming back from that. I don't care what you've done. You, you, do, not, you do not harm the hair on the heads of our little ones. Did, did, this isn't a part of my question, but since we're kind of talking about this, did Trump have anything to do with these individuals storming the Congress building? No. In fact, you know, I broke this down in one of my own, my own personal um, radio shows. Let me just let everybody know. As a veteran, you know, and my, uh, <clears throat> uh, you know, the people that I, that I serve with and my campaign manager, you know, he's a, a, a former Marine. I'll tell you right now, that is not an insurrection. An insurrection is violent. It's bloody, right? That, I mean, what do you the, mean? People got capital, killed, bro. I know of Ashley Babbitt, and I was out there and uh, speaking on, on, uh, at her uh, memorial up in uh, Sacramento uh, about a month ago. Let me just tell you this. I, there was nothing but people with hand in hand, you know, holding hands, taking pictures, holding their signs up. The doors were open. Let me just say this. A, a real insurrection is bloody. It's a bloodbath. And but it doesn't matter what level you put it on, bro. There was, a, there was blood spilt. So blood spilt is a bloodbath. You're right. Blood was spilt by the security guards who shot Ashley Babbitt. Who were doing their job. So when you're talking about, when, you, when we talk about the insurrection, let me tell you this first and foremost. From a military perspective, no, it was not. The gates were open. I've got plenty of videos of my own. You can verify that through my own site. You can go on my own YouTube channel and you can see how I break it down. Plug your YouTube channel. Yeah, so, and you can see where, uh, uh, go into uh, Daniel, for Cal or Daniel for Governor, or just type in Daniel Mercury on YouTube. And you'll, there's a few clips that I put on there. And you'll see how security guards, the mayor of D.C., stood down her police officers. And you see videos, I have them, where you see them waving people in to come into, which was funneled into one entrance. You also see on the CCT cameras people coming in, taking pictures. An insurrection, you don't stop and take pictures. You're there to attack. You're there to rip that whole building down. You're here to burn down the Capitol. You don't let people in freely. They have the security well, these, guards. These dudes were probably uh, Trump supporters, right? The security? Yeah. 
That I don't know, not according to the mayor. The mayor showed, the mayor distinctively um, with an article actually said that she told everybody to stand down, her own local But at the end of the day, as individuals, it doesn't matter what the mayor says, there's, there's individuals that stand on either or side of the fence and regardless of what is told for them to do, instructed for them to do, they are gonna do what they feel they should do as an individual, as a, as a, as a you know? That part I couldn't answer. I really couldn't. I, and I'm not asking you to answer, yeah. bro. I'm not asking you. I'm just, we having a conversation, bro. Yeah, no, it's, it's definitely possible. You're absolutely right about that. Yeah. I'm, I'm not going to sit there and say no, because, I mean, everybody who's in law enforcement have a right to vote, right? They have their, they have their constitutional yeah. freedoms. You're absolutely right about that. So in that respect, um, yeah, that could have definitely happened. Absolutely. Absolutely. Can we move on? Yeah. Absolutely. Uh, Gavin Newsom believes if an individual has served 25 years and has documented rehabilitation, then he or she deserves to come home. How do you feel about that? Uh, specific to what? 25 years? To... 25 years in prison. Oh. And if, already... if, if an individual has served 25 years in prison, Gavin Newsom believes if the individual has documentation of rehabilitation while serving the time, he believes they have a chance to come home. How do you feel about that? I, again, I think that's gonna come down to circumstances, right? If you're uh, Richard Ramirez, I don't know if you remember who Richard Ramirez was. I'm, I'm, four, sure. I'm 44 years old, right, baby, so come I'm, on. I now. just turned 45 yesterday, so good, we're in the Happy same birthday, generation. Brother. Thank you, sir, I appreciate yes, sir. it. <laughs> so I know, said, baby, I got the silky <laughs> skin, dog. You thought I was like 28. <laughs> Lucky washes his face with Don dish soap. <laughs> I did today, Don. <laughs> so uh, some of the, in, in that respect, you remember Richard Ramirez. The Night Stalker, baby. The, the Night Stalker, right? He was coming through windows, yep. acting a fool, doing shit that it yep. had people, had everybody on motherfucking notice that, hey, mm -hmm. lock them windows, lock them doors. And if you ain't locking your shit, have that strap beside the bed, right. baby. <laughs> right? Right. right? And I remember that too. And I think he got caught in Orange County, which is where I live, which was in, I think, Santa Ana, where uh, it was a young boy that, that saw him, recognized him, and the neighborhood came out and beat him up with shovels and two by fours and you know, kicked the crap out of they him. They should have killed that fool. Was... And, I, and I, don't, I don't promote violence, but damn. Right? Sorry. No, so in that respect, no. Sorry, but not, but not sorry. Yeah, so <laughs> when I say circumstantial, with that in that respect, no, you, you're never gonna get out. Yeah. Uh, ever okay. so no so I don't agree with with what he says in that respect in in in, in that circumstance right so but so there's other circumstances that this that, is why we this is why we have a probational board because we understand circumstances so when we understand that there's a probational board to review what you've done how you've been how you've you know what you've done to try to change your ways or whatever there's always a review panel there's also the ability for the families or the victims families to come and come speak on the behalf if they feel that this person which has happened. I've witnessed uh, people who, you know, there was a gang violence and uh, you know, young, you know, 19 year old went gang banging and shot somebody and the neighborhood kid got caught in the crossfire. And I've seen families come in and say, you know, I forgive this person. They've served so many years. I believe that, uh, you know, they deserve a second chance. And they've let that person go. You're 45 years old. You just had a birthday. Like I said, happy birthday, brother. Um, when you were 19 years old, dog. When you were 19 years old, now you're now you're 45 years old, grown, yeah. man, dog. You know what I mean? Like 
the difference, right? Oh yeah. The the the, the brain capacity, the knowledge, the the, the development, right? Yeah. yeah, you're not the same. You're not the same. Okay, I'll leave it at that. Um, do you know the recidivism? Wait, say that again. <laughs> I always fuck this word up, bro. The recidivism? You know what I'm saying, fucker. I mean, I'm sorry, Mr. Maybe Governor. <laughs> we gonna have fun here. There you go. We gonna, you said, you told me, we had a phone call, you said, luck, be, be yourself, be, baby. Be yourself. Be yourself, dog. Yeah. Um, do you know, let me not use that word, dog. Do you know the percentage of lifers that get out of prison and they go back? I don't know the exact number, and here's why. Can I tell you the percentage? Yeah, but, but before you say that, let me just say this. I do know that the numbers uh, are purposely altered. So I, I know that some of the numbers I'm looking at aren't the actual numbers. Okay. I've been try, actually been trying to figure I'm not out. Gonna, I'm not going to disagree with that because I, I, I feel all numbers are manipulated some yeah. way or another in all levels of life. You know yeah. what I mean? But the, the documented percentage is 0.5% go back. And most of them documented, what's, what's documented, <laughs> again, um, is... For pro violations, they're not convicting new. They're not being convicted of new crimes. Right. Basically, pro violations. Um, have you heard about the closing of Men's Central County Jail? No, no. It was LA heard County that. Jail. Yeah, okay. No, so, um, have you ever walked the streets of downtown LA? Yes, I have many times. What do you see? Most of the time, uh, I see a lot of uh, homeless. I see a lot of battered and drug addicts. Um, I see a lot of people down on their luck. Um, I see, uh, I see crime. I've been, you know, yeah. yeah, all that, bro. So let me tell you this about myself, dog. I'm working on something called the regional connector and what it is, it's the new, uh, subway station that's being built underneath downtown LA connecting the regional connector is connecting, uh, one subway to another and it's extending it underground. And so I work in downtown LA every single freaking day. And um, I, see, I see homeless people taking shits on sidewalks. We get in an elevator on Figueroa and 7th Street to go down to the metro to work underground. And it is basically a porter potty, bro. Every time we go in there, we gotta hold our fucking breath, bro. You know what I mean? Um, when I'm driving around downtown LA and, and these work trucks that we uh, that we drive in, um, there's homeless people out there fucking mine. The mental illness is ridiculous. The yeah. drugs is ridiculous. You know what I mean? It's on another level. I have seen so much shit working this job, which I've seen it through all my entire life, bro. But now as me as a tax paying citizen, a father, a dude that walks the fine line of the law, and now I'm seeing it in a different lens, bro. It blows my fucking mind, bro, on how much, yeah, it's drug addiction. There's crime involved in drug addiction and mental illness, bro. Yep. And so what Gavin Newsom has done is Gavin Newsom has said, fuck that. We're going to close Men's Central's, Men's Central, L.A. County, the old county jail down. Why? Because we need to find a way to stop locking all these people up. This is taxpayers' money mm -hmm. that's being spent on this. 
and instead of locking them up. And so right before Gavin Newsom was going to do this, they, Congress, right? Congress, I, I don't uh, know. Our state don't, legislatures. State legislators wanted to build another county jail. Mm -hmm. But Gavin Newsom came in and said, no, we're going to close this down. And instead, we're going to have rehabilitation centers because we're housing all these people yep. in this county jail for men basically mental illness, bro. Well, let me, let, me, uh, uh, let me expand on that. So basically what he's doing, though, is he's robbing Peter to pay Paul. And this is what I mean by that. Whenever there's a crisis in a city, a lot of people don't understand is, is that um, when a city has a crisis, the homeless crisis, yeah. they're permitted to request more federal funding, right? So by the federal government. Where does the federal government and the state government get their money from? Taxpayers. Taxpayers, yeah. Thank you. So basically what's happening is, is everybody is having to front the bill when there's a crisis. But when we walk outside and I go down and I, I walk down Skid Row, and I see the homeless and I talk to them and I'm hearing what they're saying. Nothing's being done, right? It's ever changing, ever same. Yet so all the federal funding, that money that's coming in, there's no actual oversight committee. It's like the fox washing the hen house, right? There's no real public oversight as to where the funding is going because if we're getting $1.5 billion, why isn't that, why isn't that attributing towards the homeless? Here's, here's the reason why. There's no profit in it. And so what's happening is, is, is they're permitting you know, the perpetuating of people who have drug addictions, people who just want to get off the street and commit a crime because they know that if they go to jail, they're going to get food, they're going to get blanket, they're going to get their medical uh, needs met. I don't blame them for that. I've met plenty of them that purposely go out to commit a crime. They're okay with that because they know the system well enough to know that they'll be out, you know, in a few days, in a few weeks, but they'll get their needs met, at least for the immediacy, right? What Gavin Newsom is not doing, though, is he's not actually... Um, finding our counties that are requesting this money. So we have San Francisco, San Diego, and Los Angeles that, ha that are the highest that are holding the majority of our homeless. And that's because that's where the money is going in. So they get, they get uh, you know, they, they kind of get centralized so that the more problems they have, the more money they can get. They take that money and they put it towards pet projects, but the homeless never get off the street. The mental instability never get their needs met. The veterans are still out there, you know, looking for a home. And then the people who, you know, maybe committed a crime because they were down on the luck or because they just can't take it anymore. If they've had enough of, you know, the garbage that's going on, they, they, they've lost their edge. There's no, that's, I, who doesn't understand that? I understand that, right? I grew up poor. I grew up in an abusive home. And so it made me look at the, the, the heart of the matter of what's happening. That's what's happening. So as a governor, I would be able to permit and cease federal funding. And what that does is it forces the hands of your representatives at the local level to reach out to the nonprofit organizations that already have federal funding, but they're being blocked, which a lot of people don't know. A lot of our, our federal uh, people that are out there that are already helping out mental instability, they're not permitted to come into the cities or they're not really, they, they have to go through red tape to just help out people who get out of jail, but then they don't know where to go because there's nobody helping them out because there's not enough facilities. So then we shut it down, good. Right? Some people are in jail for, like I said, this is why we got to start with the judges, are, it's a profit. But at the same time, where are they going to go afterwards? No one's really helping them. So, again, they perpetuate the problem, and so it adds more bodies to the street. And then it adds more for people defecating, committing crimes, doing what they got to do just to go back. So you're saying the judges are too hard, they're too heavy-handed on these sentences. Well, because the state legislatures set up what the criteria are. 
Then, yeah. the, then the judicial branch comes in and says, okay, so if somebody engages in this kind of scrupulous activity, this, they did this crime, here's, here's the max punishment, here's the minimum punishment, right? And that's listed. So then what happens is, is, is rather than actually, you know, creating, you know, uh, you know uh, treating the disease, right, we're just kind of, we're just treating the surface, right? Again, because it keeps money coming in. It keeps that perpetuating process going on so that they can keep claiming what they, what they want. That's why, that's why our communities can easily be taken care of literally overnight. Some of the people who were maybe, uh, you know, just happened to get, be at the wrong place at the wrong time and serve time, but they really shouldn't be serving as long. But then so much times they, they don't know what to do when they get out. They have no helping hand. They've got no one there to support them. And there's no real uh, organization that's going to help them, you know, kind of get back up on their feet. There are organizations there, but there's a lot of stonewalling. Why aren't we removing it? Because there's no profit. See, in the state constitution, we have, uh, I think it's like the last constitutional bill, the 34th article, that talks about low-income housing for people who are making money, they're poor, but we can provide low-income housing for them. But we don't standardize homeless, meaning how do we standardize to how to take care of the homeless, the mental instability, the people who are down on their luck? You can standardize that. Or when people get out of jail, what do we do? Because they fall into that criteria. If you standardize it, there's no profit to be made. So why aren't we standardizing it? Because they won't get their money. That's why. And so you as the taxpayers who still maintain to fight through every day, work hard, live honestly, they take advantage of that. That's how I know that this is, there's other ways to take care of this, but nobody's going this route. So what would be your approach with the homeless? Well, that would first and foremost is to stop federal funding, right? Put a moratorium on it, I meaning stop it. You're not gonna request it anymore. So now you have to actually then seek out and remove the red tape so that uh, our, our nonprofit organizations that are already here, there's like 612 in, the, in California alone. They already have a pool of money, but what they don't have are facilities. So then tie them legally to our real estate property investors where there are more vacant homes and buildings than there are homeless. Well, since these profit organizations already have a pool of money that they get from people, good-hearted people who donate to them, they can already go in, maintain the facility, pay the land, you know, the rent to the property owner and get the homeless off the street. And then a lot of these organizations specialize, some specialize in mental instability, others specialize in abuse, some specialize in veterans, others specialize in, in families. Um, there, there's already plenty of them that are already there. They just have too much red tape in their way. They're not utilizing these uh, resources. Because there's no profit for them. If they utilize them, they, they, then your city communities or your city council members or your uh, your board of supervisors, they don't get the money that they want for other projects that you don't know about. Okay, okay. Get a drink of that, baby. <laughs> Thank you. Up, I'm actually, man? I might want another one. <laughs> yeah, get him another one, bro. Get him another one. Um, CDCR had a $15.8 billion budget for 2019-2020 fiscal year. It's mm -hmm. a lot of money, dog. That's a lot of money. It's a lot of money. That's a lot of money. Um, is the COVID-19 recall for Gavin Newsom a smokescreen hiding the real agenda? Well, do you want to go down a rabbit hole? Rabbit holes, <laughs> baby. Let's go. <laughs> the recall was never meant to succeed. Yes, I do know that. Yes, people it's, can take that for what it's worth. It's because they, they kicked Elder out? No, no, Elder had nothing to do with it. The recall started way before. No, but I mean, I know that that's, that's, another, that's another topic. My bad on that. Go ahead, no. speak your shit. Talk your stuff, sorry. Yeah, the recall was never really meant to succeed. It was only meant designed just to raise enough money. A lot of recalls sometimes do adhere to just trying to raise money. 
And then what happens is, is so I'm campaigning, right? I'm not running on, off of people's, I'm not running off of people's money. In other words, I'm not seeking out, you know, um, uh, corporatists. Um, I'm not seeking out, uh, you know, uh, super PACs or PACs or anybody that, you know, are tied to these people. And I can get into that why later. But whenever you run a campaign, right, the recall is a campaign. It's just a counter campaign. You still have to open up a bank account. You have to have an EIN. So, and then you have to be able to, you know, keep track of stuff. One of the rules is, is that when a campaign is over with, you have to take that money and you can either do a number of things. There's a number of things you can do with it. You can uh, give it to your favorite nonprofit organization. You can give it to your party. Right. But you can cycle that. But most people tend to give it to a nonprofit. Right. Or, you know, their favorite you know, organization. That money can be cycled through and then basically somewhat laundered. Right. So when you look at how things are actually happening, really, it wouldn't have been two point one million that would have signed the recall. It would have been ten million. Right. It wasn't supposed to succeed. But because Gavin got caught with his pants down at the French laundry, it took off because he locked us all down. Yeah. Right under his executive order, I think it was N6720. Well, when he did that, he got caught. Now they have to play their part. And it wasn't supposed to get to that, that, that level. And so the people who had it, I personally know, they're lying to you. I didn't give a crap if somebody sees this and says, well, this is what Daniel said. Please take it, give it to them, share it to them. Right? Everybody is telling me these things. Bet it for yourself. Because some of these people who headed the recall, I'll name them, Orrin Heatley. He's the one who headed this. Right? Is this his ordeal? I stood right in front of him. I got a photo of me sitting there in front of him at the YOLO dinner. And he told everybody there that he supported the mail-in ballot recall, right? Or the mail-in ballot uh, um, voting uh, AB 860. Most people agree that the mail-in ballot contributed to what some of us consider was a stolen election. Others don't. That's fine. Whether you look at it that way or not, those of us who did agree with that, and he, since he's on the, the conservative Republican side, he basically told everybody, I'm a wolves in sheep clothing. I supported what you all consider to be the male, to be the, the contributing factor to a stolen election. So then why are you doing the recall? You see what I'm saying? This because it was never meant to. And then of course I know a lot of grassroots that were working with this individual that he doesn't know about, that I know that he perpetually he purposely tried to stop uh, the amount of numbers that were coming in. Right? Basically he was trying to uh, sabotage. Why would you do that? Well, this is the stuff that goes on behind closed doors that a lot of people out there don't know. Again, I didn't give a crap about these, these guys. In my personal opinion, they're dogs, they're sick, they're, they're wolves in sheep clothing. I don't give a crap. Take my information for what it's worth and go vet it yourself. But they stood up there and told everybody, well, I supported that. All right, well, then you're, you're a scumbag like everybody else. You're just in it for the money. But now that it took off, you got to play the part and you've got to keep going in. And now we've got maybe roughly five, six names that are, being, that are being pushed out by the media. Well, they're tied to the media. Well, you've got 43 other candidates. Why are you only focusing on five? That does a disservice to everybody in the entire California state. So what's the problem here? It's because they don't want grassroots. Grassroots screwed up the recall. Grassroots is what got in the way. They didn't want 10 million people. They wanted just enough for it to fail. Well, it succeeded. And now that it's succeeded, they've got 43 other candidates that they got to worry about. So they're going to X them out. They're tied to the media. The media only pumps out five, six names, maybe. And then everybody else goes, well, I've never heard of you. Because nobody remembers, oh, wait, I can go on the secretaryofstate.gov website and just type up who's running for office. There you go. That easy. That's how simple it is. The media doesn't tell you that because they know that you're waiting for them to tell you, 
you know, who to vote for. They're waiting. They're, you're letting them tell you what to think, not how to think. Yeah, the media is no joke, baby. Right? Yeah. This is how you, this is why when you ask me that question, you know, this is what I look at and I say, yeah, it was never meant to succeed. Fair enough. Um, so this might be a little touchy subject, close to home. Do you believe police departments need not defunding, but reform? Absolutely. 100%. I've already, and it's on my website too, and I tell people, everything that I've written down, everything that I've written down uh, comes from the area of industry. That means I actually went out and I spoke to firefighters, doctors, police officers, teachers. The information I write down on how we're going to actually reform them comes from a lot of the law enforcement that are out there, they're very well aware, good rank and file. Don't get me wrong. The ones that are up at the top, they forgot what it meant to be you know, boots on the ground. The ones that are the rank and file, yeah, they're subject to try to do what little they can to do the right thing. They're under pressure just like everybody else. I have my sister and my uh, nephew, our California Highway Patrol. Gavin Newsom, under contract, says that they cannot cut away. He cannot cut away at their pay. He did it anyway. But it was contractual. Well, how did he, how did he do that anyway? So then not only that, he cut them by 40%. Wow. So now, so now we have in one area where there's supposed to be, say, 10 California Highway Patrol, there's now four, right? Or maybe there's one area where there's, uh, you know, there's supposed to be eight on the freeway. He will purposely call California Highway Patrol off the freeway to go and do security detail for the mansion. He's not even there. But, so he removes four California Highway Patrol. And then he has him patrolling a home that he doesn't even live in, and he's not even there. So now there's only four police officers, four California Patrol, uh, going up and down 50 miles worth of freeway. And that's it. And people wonder why they're stressed. He's purposely stressing them. Does it require reform? Yes, absolutely. Not to mention to the fact is, is that a lot of them have agreed, which is what I've written down is, part of the reform is they know that they're, not, they're going to the academy for six months. That's it. And then you give them a badge and a gun. You say, go have fun and, and start doing the job. And then they're on the job training. But here's the problem with that. They, a lot of the people who are the rank and file have already told me, no, they want more training. And some of the more training that they want was is areas of industry, meaning that they go out there, they know that grandma's choking. But you know, EMT is not going to show up for 20 minutes. So they've got to engage in being, you know, understanding, you know, basic CPR, first aid, and, you know, anything that the EMT has to go through. They believe that they need their people, instead of six months of training, need one year of, of, of boot camp. And for, what, for what, CPR, bro? No, no, no. But to actually, after a year of training, right, basic boot camp, basic training, Yeah. the next year, it's two years of training. The next year, you break that up. Two months working with EMT directly, going out on ride-alongs with them and actually engaging and trying to help people. That's 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 only one. Well, that's only one that's side only of one. the spectrum, right? And then the second one is well, another area too is this, you know we've got dispatch. They're not working with dispatch because they they don't actually hear people on the phone screaming because somebody broke in or somebody did something. They should know how to deal with that. Number three, they 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 know that they deal with children. So why aren't they dealing with psychologists and therapists that deal with children who are battered and bruised or uh, beaten or you know, engage, have been forced into child sex trafficking? We call them, they go get them, but we require them to understand that. So they need to be working with therapists and psychologists at the same time during the next year of their training. So it's two years of training, not one, and not six months. That's how you reform them, right? And then you keep doing other areas. They're also firefighters, right? 
because sometimes they're there on the scene, but they've got to deal with the fire. And then, of course, we're asking them to be wired up when there's a shootout somewhere at a fast food joint. So firefighting and police officers are two different things, bro. Fighting right. a fire and dealing with someone's life is totally different, even though they do cross paths most yeah. definitely, bro. But we talked about nineteen year old, a 19-year-old individual not having a developed brain, right? right? Not being who you are at 45, right? You know, and so shouldn't that apply with police officers Absolutely. too? Absolutely, yeah, because here's the thing is, is that, uh, again, so now are you referring saying that they're training because they're too young or saying I, that I they think, should be older? I think, yeah, I think they should be older, bro. I agree. I think maybe 25, bro. I couldn't agree more. Yeah. Absolutely, 100%. Because, and, and here's the other thing too, and I always say this, because I served in the military. What's interesting to me is, is that you can join the military, be 18 years old, I can give you an M240, an M60, a GAT-17. I can give you a 9mm. I can tell you to go out there and go kill somebody to a tyrant in another country. But you can't have alcohol. You can't have a beer. So I can kill, but you won't let me have a beer. No. So then we need to change the age. And I believe that that is exactly what we need to do, is change the age of those who can actually apply and serve. And I think that's going to eliminate a lot of process right there. A lot of issues. I agree on that, too. I agree on that, bro. Huh. <laughs> doing, well, you're doing well right here at Hoodstocks, baby. You're doing well. You're doing well. I'm, I'm not a know-it-all. I don't have all You know money. why? You treated me kindly. That's why. Get him another one, baby. Stop playing fucking around, dog. <laughs> Fill that man's cup up, dog. You know what I mean? Um, hey, you. There you go. Let me ask you a question, bro. Who is BL? M. Wow. Well, let me just tell everybody this first before I say, you know, who, who is BLM, you know, in the, in the respect that I think you're asking. Um, I'll say right now, you know, I was, uh, I was down uh, the other day, yesterday, actually, sorry, the other day, <laughs> up north. And I actually sat down with uh, people from the Proud Boys and BLM. <laughs> and they were sitting down talking with each other. And some of the members of Proud Boys said, why don't you come down and eat? Why don't you come down and, uh, you know, we're we uh, invited a speaker. Let's first, before we go for, forward with this, yeah. let's define who is BLM and who is the Proud Boys. Okay. When I look at BLM, um, this is going to be difficult to define, but it's a, it's a group of people that are, in my personal opinion, I know what's written on the website. I know about, you know, the Fuck the website. Yeah, I know about all that. What I'm looking at is, is... Because the website doesn't represent everybody from BLM. No, it doesn't. Just like if there was a, there, there was a Proud Boys website, it doesn't represent everybody from Proud Boys. No, it doesn't. You're, you're absolutely right. Republicans, 100%. Democrats, so on and so forth. Exactly, right on. And that's why I tell people, you, won't, you don't know until you talk to them. Until you talk to the people who've engaged or picked a side, right? Pick a side. You pick something that you support that you feel identifies you. Some of the people that I've, I've talked to, especially yesterday too, that uh, you know, are in support of BLM or they represent BLM are angry. So who is BLM? People who are angry, who feel that they've been oppressed by systemic racism, meaning the system, and not being permitted to be able to have what a lot of people don't understand is, is not equitable or equity, but equal opportunity because it's been removed from them and they have no ability to, to have their grievances to shout out, I deserve just as much as everybody else the opportunity to have you know, the time or the energy or the ability to pursue happiness. That's the whole point of this country, and they're pissed. 
Well, they have every right to be pissed. They have every right to be upset at the fact that they're, they're being blockaded. I mean, you, so you do believe in systemic racism? It yes, is it's, real? It is real. Absolutely, okay. it's real. Okay. But do I believe that um, it's caused by you and me or somebody that's of a color of skin? No, I believe it's being caused. My personal opinion in my research that I've done is being caused by the system. Your political representatives need you to hate each other and, and, are, and are in lockstep with the media to promote that it is a, a particular group. It's not, in my personal opinion, and from what I've researched. Because now, if I look at, and if I look at history, and I look at, say, uh, Martin Luther King, when I read, you know, uh, where do we go from here, chaos or community, right? He distinctively defines that he had to deal with black power. Well, if I look at history, right, history repeats itself. Some people disagree with this, but I don't. It does. It does, right? Yeah. And if you believe in Jesus, Jesus says what is, what was, will be again. There's nothing new under the sun. History repeats itself, right? Why does it repeat itself? Because we don't take the time or we bury the history. Those who are corrupt don't want you to know what they know. When I look at his readings and he says that black power during his time was a slogan without a program and that there was an uncertainty in following and that, that it was more about a predominance of trying to exchange black power with white power. He said that was not the point and that he's all about you know, trying to redefine what, what they were fighting for, which was the same thing as that he was fighting for, but the anger was so great that they couldn't see past it. And so I look at BLM and I see the same thing. History repeats itself. They are a slogan without a program and they're not understanding why they have such an uncertainty in followers because black power during Martin Luther's King, those people were burning down their own communities of the people that they set out to try to protect because they were so angry but they had every right to be angry, but they were, they were pointing it in the wrong direction. And it happens. It I, happens, I don't right? disagree. It's, it's human beings, yes. and sometimes the approach is not always correct, but until you're in those shoes, you would absolutely understand what it feels like to be in those shoes, baby. Yeah. You know? And, and it's easy for us outside to look in and to say how you should feel how you should act but at the end of the day your family wasn't affected by it mm -hmm. you know your growth wasn't stunted by it you know and i always try to look at things from both sides of the fence i'm not always right sometimes and i'm and, and I'm, not, I'm not always wrong you know but i'm just looking at it from my my perspective, dog. You know what I mean, big dog? I mean, governor, future governor. <laughs> Thank you. Long day, baby. Long day, dog. Excuse me, brother. I, I love that you're here, dog. And I'm, I'm really thoroughly enjoying this conversation, bro. And uh, Thank this, you. This, is, this is awesome, bro. Um, now, down to find the Proud Boys, bro. So, same thing. Well, originally, the Proud Boys were just kind of a drinking club, which a lot of people don't know. That's really all they were. And when, a drinking club that when they got fucked up, they said, fuck everybody that's not the same skin color as us. That's not true. And here's why I know this, because I've actually met with them. And they are comp comprised of blacks, Latinos, Filipinos. Uh, they're uh, uh, Chinese, uh, other people, whites, different, different variations, Irish, Italians. With the same agenda. And what is the agenda? Well, from what everybody keeps talking about, and I'll tell you right now, from my perspective, and from what I have spoken to and sat down with them, and I have I've engaged in conversations with them, I don't avoid any group. 
And all, and, and one of the first things they said was, you know, we want to pray for you. I saw God fearing. I saw people who, um, love America. Have you ever been a bar? Have you ever been in a bar with proud boys? Yes, I have. Yes. Yes, I have. Okay. 100%. You, and you were sitting on the right side of the fence then. Uh, what do you mean by the right side of the fence? Well, sometimes you might be sitting on the wrong side of the fence, depending on the color of your skin, brother. Well, have you ever been in a situation like that? Yes, I have. Yes. But yeah. here's the thing. And though. what was your situation? Oh uh, yeah. You get beat up. You get attacked. Why? Yeah. Well, for, at that time was because of maybe something I said or something that they just didn't like or, okay. or other groups. Now you probably boys, no, I've never been attacked by them. Uh, but other groups, yes. So uh, bikers, yeah. Um, other uh, gang members, just in locally that I just went to a local bar back when I was growing up. Absolutely, just because I was Latino, you know. I got. Are you Latino? Latino? Yeah. yeah. What, what, we didn't get into that, but I mean, who, who, who made you? What is your ancestry? So my father is a full bred Sicilian, and my mother is uh, from Mexico City, and uh, and. Um, so I'm a half breed, I guess you could say. Me too, baby. Yeah. It's so okay. uh, and you can't win and on I actually experienced, side. I actually experienced, uh, I guess you could say, racism uh, coming from my own family because on the Italian side, um, it, my father married outside his race, and same with my mother. She married outside her race. Same as me. So there was there was a big clash on my mother's side. They hated my father. On my on my father's side, there there was a, a little more camaraderie, but you could see that they kind of kept us a little bit at bay in in, in a lot of respects. So I experienced that I didn't understand it. Because to me, when I was a kid, I was just a person. It didn't matter where I came from. I didn't see color. So I experienced that just within my own family. Um, so that's, that's my background. Daniel. Yes. My father is Russian Jew. My mom is Mexican. <laughs> I, I grew up on the Mexican side. What did my Mexican side focus on? The Russian Jew side, mm -hmm. when they were upset, right? So I grew up. I grew up, I grew into thick skin, so to speak, right? Yeah. You know, couldn't win, never good enough. And that is, that, that's, that's basically a testament to the person that I am, brother. Yeah. You know what I mean? So when you talk about what you're talking about, bro, I know all about that 1,000%, brother. Yeah. You know, yeah. and, and, and it's hard, bro. And it puts you into a place where it's just like, you know what? People ask me, I go to job sites, bro. I'm a, I'm a union electrician. They, I go to job sites. People say, well, who are you? What are you? Yeah. And I'm like, bro, get the fuck out of here, dog. You know what yeah. I mean? I'm a fucking human being, bro. Yep. You know what I mean? You ain't got to put a label on me. You ain't got to put a cover on, a color on me. Excuse yeah. me. Yeah. You know what I mean? And, and, and I, I, I am me, yeah. you know? But anyways, I, I, so it was easy for you to define. It was easy for you to define the Proud Boys, but you were long-winded with BLM. Well, let me, let me uh, when it comes to the Proud Boys, I said the same thing when I met them was uh, an understanding. And that actually heard me in a previous interview, too, is, is that if you stand for something, what do you stand for? What are your words? What is your slogan? What it is that you're trying to do? And why are you trying to do it? Because don't get me wrong, the media... I always tell people, turn off the media, stop listening to them and go out there and do your own research. Go out there and talk to the people. They're human beings too, right? We are all human beings. We're all beings. human beings. So everybody's- BLM, Proud Boys, we're all human everybody beings. Everybody has, they, they've chosen a side. Why have they chosen a side? Go find out. Seriously, get out there, go to one of the protests, go to a rally. I guarantee you, they're all gonna show up. It doesn't matter what they are, who they are. You're gonna see a multitude of factions of groups of people uh, screaming. 
whether they consider themselves to be patriots or they're, you know, they consider themselves to be, you know, three percenters or they're BLM, Antifa or Proud Boys or whatever, go talk to them. They're all, they're there. Why? Go ask them questions. They'll tell you. A lot of them will sit there and tell you what, Daniel, what they're pissed off about. Daniel, let me, let me tell you this, bro. If I have a dude that's possibly going to be a future governor and you come and interview me and ask me who I am, what I'm about, I am going to fucking put icing on the cake, baby. You know what I mean? I'm going to tell you all the good shit. But you don't really know, bro, mm. until you're behind closed doors of who this individual is. Everybody's going to paint you a beautiful canvas, bro. Yeah. You know? So I'm not saying I know everything. I'm not saying uh, BLM is this, Proud Boys is this. But from a person like me, outside looking in, I mean... Here's what I'm gonna. Here's what I'll do to sum sum it up. We look at say law enforcement and military, right? Are they all saints? No, they're not. Are there itchy trigger gun happy people? Yeah, you bet. How'd you feel about the George George Floyd uh, verdict? I the whole situation, bro. I didn't have any problems with it. I mean, that's. I mean, he. I saw the videos. You know. He fucked up. Better here's, lack of words. Lack of words. Yeah. <laughs> and listen, when someone's telling you, and I'll tell you right now, uh, you know, I trained in Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu, there was a ton of moves that that man could have done too at the same time where if someone's screaming, you know, I can't breathe, then turn them over. You can still position somebody that can't breathe, especially when I train in Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu, I know how to, you know, still retain somebody that's twice my size. You know, I'm not a big guy, but I grapple, you know, 220 pound guys and I can turn them over and I can still hold them in position so that they're not a danger to me or anybody else until we you know, properly handcuff them. In fact, New York actually had uh, their entire law enforcement um, adjacent themselves to the uh, Gracie Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu Academy and their, their crime weight, or as far as their lawsuits and uh, you know, uh, uh, negatively uh, you know, trying to subdue somebody went down by 40%. Hey, shout out to Joe Rogan. Joe yeah. Rogan said that. Yeah, Joe said, Rogan said everybody should be, yep. all these uh, uh, police officers should be trained in some type of martial arts yeah. so they have the confidence and yep. they have the technique to, to act. It. Yeah. To do it. And I'll tell you right now, well, I know, I know Joe. Joe and I used to grapple uh, at Legends MMA, so... You know, it is what it is. I don't, he probably doesn't you're remember anything stunning, like that. Baby. He was a brown belt. You're stunning, doggy. Go it, ahead. Huh? You're stunning. Oh, yeah. No, he was a brown belt back when I was a white belt. And, of course, that was 15 years ago. Of course, I know the, the match now would be a little bit different. But the yeah. point is, is that uh, he knows what he's talking about. And uh, he's absolutely right. And I actually train with law enforcement. Train police officers I know that come into the academies, that come into the dojos that I train at. Um, they, they will tell you firsthand, man, they're so thankful that they have trained. There's so many other messes that you can do, but if you don't know how to fight, you don't know what your hands can do, you don't know what you can do and how to turn your 100-pound frame into a 200-pound frame, yeah, you're going you're, you're gonna to do stu stu stupid things. You're going to kneel down the wrong way. You're going to put pressure on the person in the wrong direction. You know, it, and unfortunately, things are going to go the same way. You're going to get judged by a jury of your peers, right? Could have been handled differently? You bet. You know, I hear all the conspiracies. It's irrelevant of the conspiracies, whether I agree with one side or the other. When I see and somebody's saying, I can't breathe, then turn the man over so there's no more excuse and put him in a different position so he can breathe. Done. That's it. And then I see some of the other law enforcement that are out there, sadly, yes, that where you've got 10 guys on one person. You don't need that. But if you're not trained, you're going to do something wrong. 
Now, this is why I say we need reform versus defunding, because the first person you're going to call is police, is the police. Absolutely done. Yeah. So that, this this is a. a, a I mean, I've never called him one time, but I'm gonna for the average civilian. Yes, there you go. Yes, right. So you know, so when I look at when I, at the end of the day, when we look at the you know what we're talking about here, you know, there's always a better way, you know. And uh, I think I got sidetracked on what you were asking me. No, I'm sorry, <laughs> and that's my uh, one thousand percent my fault, bro. But let's let's move it forward. So. How would you unite us in this divided climate that we live in? How would you, I mean, bro, it's, it's ridiculous, bro, the way we, we, I mean, it's always been like this. Like you said, the history repeats itself, bro. It's all, there's always gonna be a, a divide, bro. But how, how would we unite everybody, bro, to just be good with each other? Well, that's first and foremost, and I'm gonna tell everybody right now, I don't really care if you don't like the fact that I believe in God. One of the first things that we have done in our nation is we have removed God out of our lives. If we don't put God back, it's not gonna get any better. You cannot policy our way out of hate. That takes love. You cannot policy our way out of creating more legislation. That's gonna take agape brotherhood. It is not going to get fixed if I wave a pen and try to create more legislation to cause further division. It's never gonna happen. You can split all the hairs you want. At the end of the day, you have to allow people, like we have under the First Amendment, to express themselves and let them go out there and say what needs to be said and love their neighbor. If you don't love your neighbor, your policymaker, your legislator is not gonna be able to do it. It's not gonna happen. And because we've allowed our government to remove God, out of our education, out of the ability you know, to praise. Even Gavin Newsom during COVID-19 said, you can go to church, but you can't sing. No, I'm not listening to that garbage and it's nonsense. That's an attempt to remove your ability to praise the one true God. End of, end of story. Who is God? Jesus. He is my Lord and Savior, period. And people say, oh, but what about you know, Muhammad? And no. You don't have to like it. And people say separation of church and state. That's not what that means. You know what that means? It means government isn't to establish a, 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 a single religion. That's all that meant. It didn't mean that your representatives can't have fundamental faith. And more so, the Constitution, even the state constitution, harmonizes more so biblically than with any other faith. So it's not a problem for me. But it's a problem for people who don't want to be held accountable because the spirit of conviction will make you angry because you know what you're doing is wrong. And when people tell me, stop talking about Jesus, stop talking about God, that's the spirit of conviction because it holds you accountable so that you can't engage in perversion. And when there's more of us doing that, that's when you're gonna see things change. But we have no leaders that are willing to do that. And I'm willing to do that. I want to introduce you to our co-host right here. I want everybody to give it up for uh, Casey. What up? Wait, hold on. Where's it at? Shut the fuck up! No. <laughs> <laughs> the first one. It's the first one. <laughs> um, I, I, I have a very interesting question because now the things that you're saying and I see symbolism in here is, is are you a proud boy? No. That's a nice t-shirt you got on right there. <laughs> Could you tell me about the, the Modesto Elks Club in that situation? Uh, no, I don't know much about it. You don't know much about it? That there was a pl pr Proud Boys rally, I believe, that was like... 
that was something that I guess you were coming, you were supposed to speak at, or was it, was it something like that? Oh, that, yeah, that, yeah, oh, th yeah, they asked me to come out and talk about um, child sex trafficking, yeah. uh, human trafficking, and uh, the laws that uh, had to do with, uh, like, SB 145 and uh, 384 and a couple of other ones and stuff like that. But um, I think because Antifa uh, didn't want me to come out and speak or they thought it was something that, uh, that was, that, I don't know, that was in support of them, it was, had nothing to do with that. So yeah. it ended up turning into kind of like a, just a barbecue. We're asking Dano to come out and talk, and then they actually yeah. showed up. And then I actually spoke to a couple of the members, and they ended, we all ended up breaking bread together, and, and nobody fought, nobody argued. How did you break bread? They the they was just asked if um, if they wanted to come and join. I didn't do I didn't do the asking. It it happened just before I got there, and so some of the members that um, uh, you know basically wanted to kind of come and you know start up something ended up. I guess one of the proud boys just said, "Well, why don't you just come down and eat with us." So when it comes to you and the Proud Boys, the Proud Boys would probably lean on the Republican side and uh, BLM would lean on the Democratic side. So you would probably lean towards the Proud Boys side, correct? If there was a side to lean on. No, because uh, everybody, like you said, everybody has a, a different perspective and not everybody is in 100% agreement. Same with the BLM. When I was talking and sitting down, um, there was no exact uh, one side to the other. What I did find out was that both were both both are very angry. Both are really, really upset about basically what's going on with the shutdowns, with the uh, ability to uh, not let you know their kids go to schools, um, and then of course uh, businesses that they're not able to operate on. And so it just and I was sitting there and I was like, wow. So everybody's mad at the same thing. Why are you guys fighting each other? So it's all basically stems down from the COVID nineteen restrictions that Gavin Newsom. Uh, put down on the state of California. Well, not even just that. I mean, it, it, and yes, that that is that was a huge like top of the top tier. Um, but one of the other things though was too was just you know where we're at. Like you just asked, where we're at as a society. And what I noticed was was when one person stepped up and said, "Can we just break bread?" That right there just kind of opened up. Well, that takes love. That takes to agape. break bread. And it even takes love from the other person to accept it. Right. As much as we can be giving, you have to be an individual who's willing to accept. Right, that olive branch, because if you have a hardened heart, it doesn't matter what I say, it doesn't matter what I attempt or you or anything else. If, no. I, if we can't like accept or at least make the attempt, then we're never going to get anywhere. And those who are in office are going to keep us divided. They're not making efforts like that. That took two people from opposing sides to do that. Have you ever been oppressed? Have you ever been beat by the cops? Have you ever been had your rights violated? Yes. Let's hear about it. <laughs> well, it was, uh, I got pulled over because I was wearing a beanie and my car fit <laughs> the description. You were profiled. I was profiled. And uh, I had every gun drawn on me. Windows were rolled down. Uh, they said I fit a description, put my hands on the wheels, and uh, nothing else was asked. And once I did that, I was thrown out of the car and... I had guns aimed at me, right in my face, and it all came down to me being the wrong person. So you learned not oh. to wear a beanie. I still wear beanies. Not in East LA, you didn't show with a beanie on. Well, not here, but I haven't worn a beanie for a long time. I figured it's nice, it's <laughs> might as well time to start showing my bald head. No, but uh, no, I still, wore, I still wore them, but that was a big wake up call, and I believe I was uh, 18 at the time. So I've been, uh... I've been beat down by the cops numerous times. Why? 
a lot of it my fault. A lot of it, I take, I take responsibility for my actions, my past actions. But I feel like Excuse me, the authority was a little extreme. And, uh, you know, overboard. Extreme, overboard, same stuff. Um, BLM, they're angry. They're upset. Proud Boys, I don't know why they're so angry and upset. And I, don't, and, and, and I represent neither organization. Mm -hmm. I represent me. I represent what I've been through. When the BLM marches were here in downtown LA, I was out there, bro. Why? Because they said, some, some homies said, hey, bro, you ain't black. What are you doing out there, blah, blah, blah. I said, well, bro, that trickles down to us. Right. You know, it trickles, it trickles down to us. But so you, you, you understand what the Proud Boys are coming from, but you understand where BLM is coming from as well, right? I yep. mean, it's, it's many, bro, from, from the white man to the black man, I mean, the history, like you said, repeats itself. Yep. The history for the black man, it's very depressing, very discouraging what they have been through. I'm not disagreeing. I'll never disagree with that. You know, and so they, BLM, some of them flying off emotions that, that trickle down to generations of their family yep. that suffered from slavery, so on and so forth. I would say they have a bigger gripe than the Proud Boys have. Well, why are the Proud Boys in this equation? Well, I don't know why there's an equation to even, when we talk about this, when I say, listen, I've, I've met members of Antifa and BLM, as well as, in, and not to mention too, BLM isn't just all black people. People who have joined it are also people of different ethnic groups. Yeah, so Mexican, why are there different? So so. Same thing with the Proud Boys. There are different members. They're not white. They're, you know, you talk to the Filipinos, you talk to the blacks, you talk to the, uh, you talk to people who are from Ireland. Like everybody, there's a different, there's a different faction of walks of life in both groups, in all these groups. Why? Because we're in California and everybody forgets um, we're a melting pot. Yeah, we're comprised of everything. Yeah, so it's it's where everybody is standing and what is it that they're standing on, and that's why I keep saying is 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 that when you're talking about you know the blacks and and the history that they've come from, let me just say this to all the viewers that are out there: the sins of the father are not the debts of the son. So when I when I hear things like reparations that should be paid out, well, does that mean that the person who just came here from another country that has no lineage or background? and they come to California, they now have to pay for reparations for that incident that happened. That has nothing to do with them. That we're in California, and the state of California is, if we're not gonna move, if we can't move forward, but if you make everybody have to pay the debt of you know, their father's sins, we're never gonna get out of this because we can go all the way back to Native Americans, right? So again, look where we're at. Do we move forward or do we keep trying to punish people who are here now for the sins of the past? How do we move forward? Well, first, like I just said, we need to move forward by, you know, not forgetting the sins of the past, but by learning from them. First and foremost, which means stop taking down statues, stop uh, throwing away our history books, and stop fighting amongst each other. I mean, Pete, I mean, Pete Wilson, he's a Republican. His statue was taken down in San Diego. Mm -hmm. 
Should his statue have not been taken down? I think when, whenever somebody sees a statue and you want to take it down, where I see something to be learned from, somebody's, somebody's offended. Right? Confederates. Confederate generals that were in other states outside yep. of California, were taken their down. statues were taken down yep. because they represented slavery. So, so there should have there. Do you believe their statue should have not been taken down? No, I don't think anything should have been taken down, even even uh, of the opposing side. Like if I look at. Um, but why? It's a bad it's a, it's a bloodbath in history. Exactly. You just said the key word history. You don't learn history when you hide it. But when, if I go to Germany. All of Germany. But why should we? Why should we? Be, excuse me, brother, for uh, no, 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 interjecting. But why should we be reminded of this? Why should people that have lineage in history, you know, what I mean, be reminded of what these motherfuckers did to their family, bro? So you don't repeat history. Hmm. I disagree with that, brother. That's okay. I, and, 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 and then we talked about a yeah. steam disagreeing. It's yeah. going to happen, right? No. So that's why I tell people if I look at history and I look at Germany. And I look at the fact that they didn't take down all of everything, and that's you know with uh, with uh, where all the Jews were murdered, where they were killed, where you know the concentration camps. They're now museums. They're now educated. They're now learning to ensure they're never going to do that again. But when you take it down, you remove it, you hide. It's like a sign on a road that warning: there's a dip ahead. You remove that sign, what are people going to do? They're going to hit that dip, and they're going to repeat damage. They're going to get injured. There's something stupid's going to happen. Leave it. Leave it where it is, right? Let people learn from the mistakes. Let, learn, let people learn from the atrocities so that you don't make the mistake again. Do you believe in mental health? Of course. Okay, well, that ties in with mental health, bro. And that can really be fucking up somebody's day, bro, by seeing that statue, knowing that that statue has blood on its hands from their family, bro. The statue doesn't know where it came from. The statue re is representing somebody that was a fucking piece of shit in history, bro. But we don't remove the history. I would rather learn and be taught the truth. Why don't we get those statues and put them in a museum and then teach them, but not leave them in public eye to, to, to glorify and represent this piece of shit individual? I'll agree with you on that. I'll agree with you on that. To remove them entirely and completely destroy them, no. But to put them in a museum or into a, a landmark, because we have a lot of landmarks that are, 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 um, are protected because that's something happening. I mean, kids so shouldn't history. be seeing that. Just like you don't like trans. I watched you, bro. Yep. You don't like transsexuals, bro. You know what I mean? So, so what if there was a transsexual statue? Should we leave it? Yeah. We should leave it? If it's, there's something there that's historical relevant, leave it. You're not going to offend me. I have thick skin. I'm not going to say But not there. everybody's made like you. No, and everybody needs to because now we live in a generation of self-entitled people who thinks that they want a handout. We live in a generation where everybody has sensitive skin now and that it infringes upon the ability of the First Amendment, which is self-expression. So if you get to go out there and express yourself, I should be able to do the same thing and learn from it. And I have every right, if you want to sit there and tell everybody the sky is falling, I have every right to go out there, put it to the test and say, no, I think you're full of garbage and move on. That's what we're doing, but we're placating to everybody having thin skin, and we're providing safe spaces for everybody. I don't stand for safe space. You don't have to like everything that I say, but you should at least appreciate, and I always appreciate the opposite and the opposing side of somebody. I don't have to agree with you, but you know, maybe tomorrow, like you said, 19, the way I thought 19 is not the way I think today. I may not appreciate what you're saying, or I can appreciate what you're saying right now, but maybe five years from now, I might actually come to the conclusion and agree with you, but that's why you leave it up. Okay. 
We got uh we got our photographer. Our photographer doesn't get on this podcast very often, but obviously he has something to say. So let's go to the photographer pressing right here. What's up, big dog? What's What'd you up? Got? Yeah, no, I wanted to I wanted to speak on that. So in Germany, yeah, you see the concentration camps, you see the monuments of the pain and suffering that they went through, but you don't see Goebbels, Hitler, you don't see all these statues, you don't see swastikas. In fact, you can get arrested for wearing swastikas. Here, when it comes to history, it's, it's split into two. It's black history, and then there's history. Mm -hmm. So we're looking at these statues. We want to take them down. These people oppressed my ancestors. They mm -hmm. oppressed people. They were standing for the right to own slaves, which was states' rights. So we're going we're gonna to celebrate these people. These statues are not history. These statues are monuments to celebrate. Statue, mm -hmm. What statues have you seen where it's a mass murderer? I've seen a lot of statues. If you go to the L.A. Museum, you'll see statues that have to do with... Or in uh, Alabama or Arkansas. Yeah, you'll see statues that, uh, you know, again, are... In a museum. You, in a museum where you consider them art or a landmark. So some of the areas that some of these statues are at are actually in landmarks. Basically, an event took place there. So they, they either memorialize it or they Can create name, a statue. Can you or Yeah, well, you just mentioned it. So when we talk about, you know, some of the confederacies, you come, uh, but some of the generals that they took down, right, those are landmark uh, environments, landmark places where an event took place or part of the Civil War took place, right? So again, am I in support of, do I understand that what, what it's saying? Yes, I absolutely agree that I'm not in agreement when I see particular artwork or when we have like transgender reading. I don't stand for any of this stuff, right? I get this and I know exactly where you're coming from. But if you're gonna learn from history, don't erase it, right? If you wanna move it or you wanna put it somewhere else or you wanna put it into an educational area so that people can learn from it in a, in a different way rather than what you're saying in a memorialization, I can go with that. I can agree to that. I can compromise with that, absolutely. You destroy it, you destroy history. Right, because history repeats itself. So yes, so did did Germany get rid of him? No, in their museums they actually have paintings of Adolf Hitler. They actually do have images of the flags and the people that he stood with in their museums. So some of those areas are landmarks. They're not completely changed. No, they're not out there promoting the flag. In fact, one of the things I do agree with is the the, the flag of the Confederacy in some of our our uh, Midwest uh, state capitals. No, those should all be taken down. We don't, we're, we're not a Confederate state, we're the United States. Exactly. So there are some things that yes, I agree, others, no, leave it, because it's on a landmark. If it's a, it, I get it's offending some people, put it in a museum. So okay. also with that. But right. they're just, they're literally removing it completely. Talking about offending people, taking those statues down offends people, right? So like, I'm not offended that you wanted to take it down. I'm offended that you wanted to remove it completely. No, no, no. So we have history books to remind us about history. We, I have my, my aunt's stories. My aunt used to, she's older now. She's like in her 90s. She lived in South Carolina. She used to see blacks hanging from trees. She used to see all this. So she has to see, these, she used to have to see these, uh, these con Confederate statues. She would have to be reminded about this. Right. This stuff really took place, and we don't need to be reminded. We don't need to know our history by statues and, and uh, memorialize these people. We need to know it in the books. So okay, but, these, but you're also talking, of, when you talk about books, but the books are also changing, too. Yeah, to, to erase To slavery. erase this. This is why. So to erase slavery. You start with one, you go to the next, right? You give a mouse a cookie, it's going to want a glass of milk. You take one, so, you're going to take the next and the next. To, Where do to, you draw the line? Okay, so to erase history out of the books. So what they're doing, I believe, in Texas, uh, Mississippi, Alabama, they're trying to make slavery look as though it was a choice, that they weren't treated that bad. Oh, we, they, they got fed and they were housed, but 
but that, that's it. So when they're erasing the history, they're erasing black history. They're not erasing the Confederate history. Mm -hmm. So if you're trying to put two and two together, trying to say that taking these statues down and they're, they're forgetting the history, no one's going to forget that. No, I agree. And, and, but what I, what I think then is, is uh, the also thing, too, is, is that if we're going to have one statue up, we need to also have others that, no. are, that are in both. Or we need to put them into the educational area so that, like a museum, so that we can remember, uh, be reminded of this. But again, what you're... So you're but why do we need to be statues? reminded of this shit, bro? So, again, to compare statues, Martin Luther King next to a, a Stonewall Will or whatever next to a Confederate sol uh, soldier. So Martin Luther King has the same you know, memorial as a Confederate soldier that was fighting to keep Martin Luther King's ancestors slaves. So they, they should both be celebrated. And Preston, tell them what you are. He, Pr Preston is half black. And half white. And half white. And th this stuff is really like a, you know, I hear it a lot. I hear people, oh, don't take those down. Don't do this. Same with the Proud Boy situation. I've been in conflicts with Proud Boys. Yeah, I've, when you say, yeah, there's blacks and Mexicans and stuff in it. What kind of situation have you had with Proud Boys, bro? I was in a bar, right? <laughs> and this guy didn't know I was black, start saying nigger. Start, oh yeah, nigger this, nigger that. Proud Boy tattoo, he had a like, small tattoo on his arm right here. Yeah. yeah, so I mean, it's one thing to say that it, their idea, maybe not everybody thinks that way, but it, it's not forbidden in the group. Right. It's something where it's like, uh, Okay, uh, we're not gonna represent this on our website. We're not gonna say that we're this, but we're this. So, so then my question is: Is then you say books, right? Where do we where do we draw the line for you? So I'm I'm not the kind of person that's closed-minded, and I hear everything that you're saying because I've experienced it myself. I think everybody in this room, in some respect or another, has experienced a level of whatever racism, bigotry, um, favoritism. You call it whatever you want. We've all experienced that, and we all have different, you know, or multicultural coming from a different multicultural background. I'm not offended. I don't have to like it, and I can learn from it, and it's an obvious statement. What would you do other than, okay, books, and books are being changed okay, and so are much easily taken care of? What do you do so that we don't repeat history? You, right? No, like and, you and, said, and, history just, and just to clarify, I do this on purpose because, you know, police don't want to be defunded. And I tell them the same thing. What would you do? Okay, so look. And that's how I get my area, my answers from. Because you're the people. So, okay, so let me tell you this. I've learned a lot more in my life reading books and documentaries than I have looking at a statue. Mm -hmm. So, as far as history, we're not taking it away. We're just not memorializing this person. So, yeah. you're, you're saying that we're taking away history. Taking down these statues is not taking away history. History happened. That's never going to be forgotten. That's never going to, just like you said, to move forward. To move forward with a racial issue, issue is not to forget it. And it's not to uh, just act like it didn't happen. Oh, we got to move forward from here. No, that's not it. We have to address it. We have to admit that this stuff happens. We have to admit these statues are of bad people. We cannot sit here and say that, oh, yeah, leave the statues up. No, they did something bad, but leave them up. Let's memorialize them. Because saying the whole book situation, that's a whole different topic. The books, if you're changing the books, it's what are we changing in the books? You keep saying the books. What they're doing in these books is talking about how slavery wasn't that bad. That's what is changing in our school books right now. Mm -hmm. It's not saying that the, this stuff never happened. And then what it's also doing in the South is trying to say that these Confederate soldiers, oh, they were, these guys are, are warriors. They did this and they fought for our rights and they, they were bad people. If you're fighting for a slave, like to keep slaves, it's not a good thing. So in our history books, we have to stop acting like, we have to stop saying that these soldiers in the Confederacy are, are people to be proud of. It's not. 
That's absolutely not okay to be proud of. What you're ignoring though is is of the time, right? You didn't, for instance, uh, you didn't fight in certain wars, so you 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 don't understand. You wouldn't have understood what they went through at that time because you personally didn't experience it, right? Well, that's with everything. Exactly. So that's with everything. So at the time that these things, you know, were being understood, being written, uh, being created, which is also to how our laws came into being, right? We came through trials, tribulations. We came through blood. And then we are, we are at where we're at, and certain key people made things happen either for the good or for the bad, right? We learned from them, right? And so in some instances, yeah, there's a memorial, or there's a landmark, or there's a historical reference, right? Whatever you want to call it, the point is, is, is and we're probably always going to have some sort of disagreement here, and that's okay, is that we're not, we're not trying, if you keep taking things down, it's going to go to the next level and it already is happening. It's going to get, things are gonna keep getting more and more removed, and we're only gonna have one perspective and not, wait, not the other perspective, right? Why did they fight on that side? Why did they believe that they were the right? Do you know why? why no, I'm, I'm, I'm presenting these questions to you in the sense of, you know, when you take these things down and we start removing these things, we are exactly what we already talked about, which is you're going to repeat it. We're going to repeat allowing ourselves to fall prey to I don't want slavery, and I want to be reminded of of the people who, you know, put us into this process. Or what is it that they thought at that time that made them think that they were, you know, they were doing the right thing? What was the era that they lived in? It, that doesn't so matter. It, it, to you, it doesn't no, matter. No, 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 no. I get what you're saying, bro. The era that we live in. Let's let's take a phone call. Let's take a phone call, dog. Take a drink. Take a drink, future governor. Uh, you're on Hoodstocks. Talk to us. Big luck. What up, brother? This fucking guy. One question he needs to answer is this. What fucking Republican policy has any fucking Republican politician created in the last 30 years that benefited the American people? And I'm not talking about the fucking 1% fucking rich billionaire motherfuckers. I'm talking about the average Joe. This guy's full of shit. Hey, I like that. I like your question. When you see you're never going to be a governor of this democratic state, by the way. Good luck. Thank you. I appreciate that. Uh, when you talk about the Republican, well, let's get something straight. The Democrats have been in the state of California. Wait, wait, wait. I'm answering your question. Don't deflect it, guy. I'm not going to deflect it. You said Republican here in our state of California. We've been a we've been a majority of blue. No, I didn't say in California. I said Republican Party, guy. The whole Republican Party. What policy have they created that benefited the average American person? Answer that question. I just told you. I just told you. You, you want to keep cutting me off. Go let, ahead. Let him speak. Let the man speak, please. Go ahead, brother. Go ahead. How about first and foremost, our taxes? Taxes are always getting dropped. <laughs> when it comes to your taxes, taxes get dropped. When it comes to the Democrats, the taxes go up. If you don't believe That's me, bullshit. you can go on my website. Go you on my website, website and look under... Fuck your website. All right, well then, if listen... If I'm you're not talking gonna... about the ab- taxes have been, we have been paying as a middle-class union working man, been working in the, since I was 19 years old and a real job before yeah. I was hustling. But for us, the American people, the average Joe, taxes, we've, I've always paid my taxes, but I've never benefited from them. 
They, You're right. We're in California. In California, we give more taxes to the federal government right. that Republican states take. We don't receive. We give more federal taxes than we receive as this blue state. You're, you're absolutely right. You're dead on. I know on. I am. Okay, I so you're dead I am, on. motherfucker. You're, you're dead on. So you said taxes. We Republicans have done this and that with taxes. They've been taking our tax money, but we don't receive it. We give to those Republican states who take. Okay. So you just made a statement that was incorrect. Taxes, no. we don't receive. We, we give, but we don't receive. You're, you're, okay. Let me answer your question. Go for it. Okay. Let me just tell you, first and foremost, I am on your side. No, you're so, not. No, no, you're stop. Republican. No, 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 no. Let me answer. Let me answer your question. If you don't want me to answer your question, then don't talk. Be quiet. <laughs> let me tell you right now, first and foremost, when it comes to your taxes, the one group, the both, the the group that is against you and me is both the Republican and the Democrats. No, the Republican no, no, Party let me is finish. against me. Let me homie. finish. Let me finish. I'll explain. Go ahead. My explanation, my explanation is this. The one group in the government that has the most power that controls the purse, the purse meaning the expenditures that come from you and me, the taxpayers, is the legislative branch. If you look at my website under taxes, you personally will see that irrelevant of the president that was Republican or Democrat, the one group that controls the bills, that controls the legislation, that makes the laws that you and I have to fucking pay is the, is the legislative branch. That is both so the Republican. Wait, let me. That's yes, it is. Taxes. No, answer no. My question. No, I am answering your question. And the question is, is the fact that you want to know the Republican. The truth of the matter is, is they are both wings of the same fucking bird. That's what it is. I never, I never no, no, you're with trying that. to. My question no, 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 no. Question, no your question was the Republicans. Your question was the Republican. No policy. No, there is the no Republican Party created because, no. that benefited the average no. American. No, no you're question. mistaken. No, I just did. You're, I'm answering no, your you question. Didn't. Yes, I did. You want me to separate Republican from Democrat? They're the same. Do you agree or disagree? I disagree. So, so, I you, so you think that the Democrats homie. are different than the Republicans, and I'm telling you they're both wings of the same bird, and that they're both that's screwing you over. That's a good fox over. talking point, homeboy. That's no. a good fox talking point, homie. That's but my re the reality is this. The reality is this. As an American taxpayer, I get fucked equally. You're right. By, by Republicans and Democrats. Yes. yes. So we're on but the same the page. Democrats, listen, let me finish now. The Democrats created... Social security programs, fucking, you know, every every good policy we've had ever that benefited the average American people has come from Democratic presidents. Majority has come from Democratic presidents. I'm talking the last 30 years. The last what? 30 years, you're the, wrong. The last 30 years, no. The last, let me, guys like me. You're right. The last 30 years, let's do your Democrat. The last 30 years, the last 30 years, if you, again, you look at our national debt, has done nothing but every president oh, after that shit. has gone look up. What Trump did. No. Look what Trump did to our national debt. And look what the Clinton and then the president and then Obama and the previous president and the previous oh. president after that. See, you don't look at the numbers. When you look at the national the debt since the Eisenhower. The numbers are fake. The numbers are fake. That's their talking point. No, that's but not their okay, talking point. Okay, okay. Since you, since you fumbled, since I want to go in that direction. No, so, so, no, no. So here's the thing. Do you want your money back? Yes or no? 
Do you want to keep your money? Yes or no? Listen, no. Listen, Do you listen, want listen, your money, my money back? To go. No, no, I'm, no, I'm not going to sit here and argue with you on this nonsense. I Let me just tell you this right I now. I want my money back. Do you want to keep your money? money back. Do you want to keep your money? No, no, listen. No, no, do you want to keep your money? Yes or no? No. You don't? I don't have a problem paying my taxes. Well, then don't vote for me. You don't want to keep your money? I'm not going to vote for you. You're a fucking clown, but I don't Okay, I'm a clown. All right, so then let's move on. Let let's, me let's, you let's, know let's, no, my boy, my no, boy, no, my lucky, boy, my boy. Lucky. No, let's keep it respectful, dog. Let's keep I, it sorry, respectful. I mean, I, He's I on this platform, I and I know you. I, I, I know, I bro. You. Don't let your emotions take take I, control, right. you, bro. Be respectful let to me, this man right here. He's on the platform, bro. Be respectful no to him. No doubt, my dog, and I apologize. It's I apologize okay. No, no, listen, you, you, you be yourself. But I got a second question. I got a second question for you, dog. Okay, second question. Since you didn't answer the question correctly, I didn't answer the first one. I got okay. another question for you. I got another question. He said for he you, would though. answer questions to the best of his ability. A best of his ability. Okay. Okay. So, the last two Republican governors we've had in California, both of them were a complete failure for the California state. Wait, wait, say you that again. You already know. Wait, they you, were complete. The I didn't hear that. Wait, 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 wait. Back two, up. I didn't hear the word. You said they were the last what? Okay, the two last Republican governors we had in California were a disaster for our state. Disaster. Okay. Arnold Schwarzenegger killed our worker compensation uh, uh, policies. Totally agree. Gutted them. One hundred percent. Completely gutted them. He got in by a recall vote, and he completely did was worse than the the, the first guy. I agree. What do you the, the recall we're going through now? Yes. Is this a money grab? I already it's, said that. It, did, I know, I already, I know. I'm, I'm repeating what you said, okay. but let me finish. Okay. Let me finish. Recall elections are jokes. It's the only way Republicans can become governors of this Democratic state is by a recall election. So recall elections up to this point, it was kind of, kind of uh, people didn't really care. But I think this time around, people are really paying attention to what the Republicans have put us through in these last four years, and I don't have a, any doubt that you're not going to have any chance in hell to become a governor of this Democratic state. If we didn't have Newsom running this state today, we would be, if we, and we were ran by a Republican, we would be looking at Florida COVID numbers in this state because Republicans are all about no mask, fucking open up the state. And look at what the fuck Florida is into right now. The mm. fucking heartbeat of COVID alley. What, do, what would you do different in this state to protect us American people? Say that again. In I, this state. Wait, say that what again. What would what, you what? do as a governor of this state mm. in the current situation of COVID? Would you not have a mask mandate, open everything back up, yep. get everybody sick. I have a daughter who's 11 years old who can't yep. get vaccinated. And yet your stupid policies, Republican party policies would put my daughter in jeopardy mm -hmm. because Republicans are about freedoms, but you don't, you don't have the freedom to put my health at risk, homeboy. You don't have that fucking freedom. So when I work today in customers' homes, Every Republican home I go to tries to tell me to turn up, take off my mask. Yet, I don't know if these fools are vaccinated or not. I'm not putting my daughter in jeopardy, but they think they have the freedom to put my health in jeopardy. They do. That's the stupidest policies ever. Then you don't. Then you don't want freedom, and you and I are always going to be at odds. 
That's what the, we see, will be. The, no, the Constitution. Please. Let me just tell you, you right now. You don't have a freedom to not wear okay. your seatbelt, not wear shirts, and shoes, hey, listen, and businesses. Dog. I was kind enough to let you. I, you said your piece, right? Let, let I'll be talk, quiet. So bro. now, let so this be quiet. Talk. You and I are going to always be at odds. I'm going to be your opposition. Now, here's why: because the Constitution does not talk about health. Neither does the state constitution. Yes, the powers are left up to the enumerated powers are left up to the state under the tenth under the uh, the tenth uh, amendment. But here's the thing: is that when order for you to have sovereignty and freedom, the people have the right to decide for themselves. Now we didn't need vaccines. Wait, no, you know you had your chance. Let them speak, bro. Now vaccines didn't come into play until 1792. Which means man has been around, if you believe in science, man has been around for 6 million years, modern man for 250,000 years, and we've not needed vaccines until 1790s. Oh, yeah, yeah. Now, if you believe in God, we've been around for 6,000 years, God. and we've been around through biblical plagues. Now, here's the thing. You want to talk about the <laughs> vaccines. Well, you're going to sit here and talk to me about numbers that are inflated. I know this because I know oh. for a fact that you're not going talking to the doctors, the nurses, neurologists, virologists that I have for the past year. All the numbers are inflated. And so I'm not going to sit here and put upon everybody with the way it should have happened here in the state of California to help our communities out with not shutting down. And if you want to get the vaccine, you can have medical freedom. Get the vaccine. If you want a mask, wear a mask. I'm not going to stop you. But here's the thing. You don't get to impose upon other people who don't want to wear it and who don't want to take it because it should have been handled at the local level. And here's why. And I'll explain why. Let him speak. Let him speak. Here's why. Let the man speak. If you study, if you talk to the virologist locally, they will tell you that viruses and bacteria react differently in different atmospheric conditions. Los Angeles's temperature and atmospheric condition is not the same as Big Bear. So the needs in Big Bear should not have been a one size fits all to the people in Los Angeles. That's what the governor should have done. And people, we wouldn't have lost our business Here's the other thing too. You say that Gavin Newsom is is a great is a great governor, but here's the problem: under your taxes, unemployment, the EDD debacle lost thirty billion dollars, and he just told everybody he will not perform an investigation. Why? Thirty billion dollars of your money is gone. You're not going to get that back. So when I tell you I'm on your side, disregard the fact that I'm a Republican. No, I didn't agree with everything that the Republicans do. So get that right. Number two, I don't agree with everything that Democrats do. So get that right. And when you ask me what are some of the policies that I liked when I look under, say, President Trump as a veteran, I only know one president that signed four uh, peace agreements with the Middle East and that my brothers and sisters in the military did not have to go fight an unridiculous war. That didn't amount to shit. That was created by a Republican President Bush. It doesn't matter. The fact that he stopped it. It does matter, it, dog. No, the fact that it he stopped matter, it. Homeboy. Then if it matters, then it matters the fact that he stopped it. And no more lives Most weren't wars wasted. Most were created by hey, Republican hey, presidents. Let's, let's, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. Let me... Let, my G. What's, hey, your look, What's your name, hey, bro? What's your name, bro? My, my name is my name is Caps, homeboy. They Caps, I appreciate Caps, it, too. I appreciate your phone call, bro. You, you shot your shit, dog. And we're going to end it right now. We're going to end it right now. Gracias, Thank you, Have my G. Day, I appreciate dog. you, dog. Let's do this. Fuck the Republicans. Let's do it. Don't check it out. Check it out. This is what I want from you guys right now. When you call in, I want you to give this man respect and win the way you guys talk to him. All right? He's on this platform. And he's not, you're not going to agree with everything he says, you know, but there's, we got to have class right here. We got to have class. We're representing ourselves and we need to have class. That's all I'm going to say. Next phone call. 
You're on Hoodstocks. Talk to us, baby. You're on Hoodstocks. What's up, my G? All right, next call. I couldn't hear. You're on Hoodstocks. Talk to us. Hey, how you doing, Luck? I'm doing good, brother. How you doing, brother? Man, I'm hanging in there, brother. Blessed like always. Uh, hey, Daniel. Uh, nice having you on the podcast, man. Thank you. I appreciate that. And let me, before you ask yeah. anything, let me just say to the previous yep. caller, thank you for your honesty. Thank you for, you know, your aggressiveness. And I'm going to tell everybody right now, I'm okay. You can clearly see I'm okay with, you want to scream at me? You want to cuss at me? Go for it. I'm he not had you cussing, correct. bro. He had you cussing. That's okay. <laughs> and that's me. And I, I love that. I don't sit there and I'm... You, you, I'm not a politician, and I'm never going to hey. be. So go ahead. Uh, you know what? Uh, yeah, I'm not. I'm not. Um, I'm not going to speak on the last caller. I mean, if we all get you know a little winded up sometimes over uh, passionate subjects like uh, you know po- politics, for instance. Um, where do you stand on? Uh, since here in California, we have a big uh, problem with, uh, I guess, uh, you know illegal immigrants um where do you stand as far as helping them out do you want to get rid of them i mean like like i want to know directly from you because you got to remember that here in california you got a big latino vote yep um and uh you know certain republicans or democrats they know that they know how to play their cards um and the reason why i'm asking this is because sincerity is a i think something that uh, lives in the in the neighborhood. You know, we like honesty. You know, we don't like to be, you know, lied to. Just like nobody really does. But um, where do you stand on that? Um, I'm I'm not for illegal immigration. So what I do stand on is uh, closing the borders. Put a moratorium on the borders, not indefinitely, but for at least two years, because we already have an infrastructure in place which a lot of people don't know. So with the infrastructure right now can't handle the amount of people coming in. We in, in uh, America already let in lawfully over a million people. That's more than most countries you know, combined several uh, together. Mm-hmm. If we want to let people in, I'm all for, you know, come on, come on, bring your you know, sorrows, your pains, your you know, whatever, bring it here. But you got to wow. do it the right way because the problem is, is that it doesn't allow for the taxpayers to acclimate to the new amount of bodies that are coming in. So if you're a representative, your number one responsibility is to the people first, your taxpayers, your constituents. They are not to the illegal alien. They can never be because if you're going to be a nation of laws, then, uh, then you have to abide by it, which means you, you have to respect the will of the people and you have to abide by the rule of law. So in order for that to happen, you have to put a moratorium on the border so that we can get a handle of who's already here. And then number two, that doesn't mean that we're just going to close the borders down to the southern border. That's for everybody from every nation, not just our right. southern borders. It is everybody, whether you're coming here from China, you're coming here from Russia or France, it does not matter. It's everybody. So that removes the argument of it, it being discriminate, you know, discriminatory, right? Okay, I get it. I get it. Thank you for answering that. And um, I mean, I am a, a second generation uh, uh American out here, uh, my family is originally from Mexico. So with that being said, I agree with, uh, with laws um, and with, uh, you know, going about things the right way because that's just, we got to act like adults, right? I get it. Okay, so let's just say we close the borders. Okay, okay what are we going to do with the illegal immigrants that we got left here that are, that are um, uprising and building this country and 
a lot of them, most of them, honestly, are outstanding citizens. And I will say that because that's the truth. If anything, what happens is um, these people come over here and they have kids here and they try to give their kids a, a, a you know, the life that they didn't have. And then the kids end up a lot of the times uh, giving the family a black guy. And then in return, it makes Latinos look bad. But when it comes to like Raza that actually comes from the border to come <laughs> over here, and to uh, find a better life, those dudes right there, for the most part, they're hardworking. Like I said, they, um, I mean, they kick. They, they kick ass when it comes to work. No, listen, um, listen, they, I, they I'm half really Latino. So, so uh, what, what do we do with them? Yeah, like, so, what do we do with them? The ones that are stuck here, the ones that are already here. The, the yeah. border. I'm not for separating families. I've never been for that. So right now, one of the things is, is first, you have to close that border down. That also includes our coastals. Number two is um, you stop the processing of, of um, the uh, 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 asylum seekers that are at the border as well as uh, people who are seeking um, refugee status. The ones that are already here are already here, but you can't do anything until you lock that border down first. That gives a two-year moratorium. So what are we going to do with them? So the ones are that are already here. Get, are we going to help them get their yeah, papers? The ones that are, like, the like, ones what are we going to do with them? Yeah, so the ones that are, are in, in our uh, prisons, they're going to get extradited. Under my administration, well, that's I'm and then the ones that, the are working, that are working, right, right, the ones that are working have two years to go and get registered, meaning they got to get their names in there and they got to go to take their civic duty classes, right? You have two years to get registered so that you too are now a taxpayer. You're already here. You've already been here for a number of years. You've already got kids. Clearly, your kids too are also part of the community. I'm not for mm -hmm. separating families. You're a criminal. I don't give a crap who you are. You're gonna go to. You're, right. you're gonna get no, extradited if you've committed any crimes here. Aside from coming here illegally, um, you're gonna go back. No, I, I will work with ICE, but ICE will only be under under my administration. Will work with the criminals and remove criminals. If you if you've done that, you're gone. I don't care. If you've got a family, you should have thought about that. You committed a crime. If you're here, you're paying your taxes because I do know that illegals do pay taxes. So I'm not I'm not ignorant to that. Um, okay, and if you're already, I was about to touch on that, but good. I'm glad, I'm glad you. Uh... You got that, okay. Yeah, so the, the, that's the only way that we're going to get through this. But you can't do that right now with open borders. If your borders are open, then you're just going to keep doing and perpetuating the process. And then the people in the state of California, including the United States, can't acclimate again to adjust, you know, the earnings, jobs, you know, entrepreneurship, you know, new industries. Mm -hmm. the, the free market can't expand because of the fact that they're being heavily saturated. You have to close the borders. And, and the federal government doesn't have to like that, but tough. It's the state. The state has the right to actually do this and engage in this and continue to build the wall. In fact, we already had a group that actually raised $20 million to finish the wall, um, but then the state of California broke them apart. And that money came from the people who all contributed up to $20 million, and that would have contributed to our border patrol and the continuation of the completion of the wall. Well, why didn't we allow for that? We could have. All we needed to do was get them in ties with constructions and other uh, laborers to actually continue this. But we didn't do that because there's no money in it for it. And the reason why, too, is because we need our borders open because California is number one state for child sex trafficking, drug trafficking, human trafficking, and other and uh, gun trafficking. So all these different traffickings that come in through the southern border, the Los Angeles um, docks, as well as the San Francisco docks. And we're purposely leaving them open. That's what Gavin's doing. This is an easy way to solve the people who are illegals to work here, be a part of our community that are already here operating and they're not criminals. Hey, Got it. Okay. Appreciate so, your phone call, can I, brother. Can I get what? Can I get one more in there, real quick, Lucky? Go ahead, brother. All right. So, I, I, to address the 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 homeless issue in Los Angeles, um, or just in general, everywhere, but obviously it's it's big here in uh in the city. Um, 
So obviously there's a lot of mental health. There's a lot of drug abuse uh, in the streets, um, which I feel like those people can be helped out. Absolutely, 100%. But what are we going to do to stop, um, I guess, funding and giving all this money away to people that actually don't want to work? And how are we going to help out people that actually are trying to get on their feet to, to actually, you know, like basically pursue the uh, happiness, like you said. So meaning this, you have a lot of people that don't want to work, man. They have social securities. They were born here. And then you got Home Depot full of pythons out there that are, hey, man, we're willing to get their hands dirty. What are we going to do with those lazy pieces of shit? Because I would like to put them motherfuckers in the island personally with all the chomos. Because to me, that's a big fucking issue. I, I personally would rather support a Latino that has no papers and is working his ass off. Why don't we give him that social security and fucking dump this other idiot that can't seem to get his life together. He has all the blessings in the world. I mean, yeah. for crying out loud, you have a social security guard. You were born here. You don't own a home, but this bicep come over here and in 10 years he has a house? Yeah. That makes no sense. So uh, who's really living the American dream? Right. No, what you're talking about, so unfortunately what uh, what Gavin Newsom did and of course what the California Emergency Services Act, so right now we're stuck under the um, state of emergency. Oh. It's it they, they, they double-pronged it. So if what happens is, is if uh, a city decides to remove the state of emergency, people who are small business owners um, that uh, you know have employees or they're uh, they're having their rent paid for will no longer qualify. And so that qualification comes for comes from the other prong, which is people getting uh, uh, paychecks coming out of the state, so free money. So that's keeping yeah, we people. Yeah, we gotta stop. So we we, we to, gotta stop allowing people to, to be lazy, man. Right. Because so a lot of order, people, ever since the pandemic, you know how many people just collect unemployment. Yep. And that free money. There's been guys in prison that actually got. Yep. Uh, more charges added because they're in there collecting fucking unemployment because exactly. America's becoming a lazy country and we want to attack the wrong people. Right. Because the state agencies report to the governor. It's a simple cease and desist. That's it, right? There's no more state of emergency. So you put me in office, right. there's no more state of emergency. That money stops cold. That gets people up, back up off their butt and get them back out there and doing something with their lives because it's not, it's not up to everybody else to have to pay for them. You have to get out there and you have to make your own living, make your own uh, opportunities out there. You know? And I agree with you. I'm tired of the laziness. I didn't pay for everybody yeah. else to benefit off of me or anybody else. So, but uh, this is where you, get, where you get the left mentality, which is you know, it's everybody else's fault except their own. So nobody wants to take responsibility for their own actions and nobody else wants to, you know, engage in entrepreneurship and get out there and do something with themselves. But nobody else should have to pay for that. So that's exactly where I stand on that. Yeah. OK, well, thank you, Lucky. Uh, thank you, Daniel. Uh, I wish you the best. We thank might you. not all agree all the time on, on anything like that. But, uh, you know, with that being said, if you're a grown man out there and you listening to this, if you need some other grown man to motivate you to get up off your ass, then you already a lost cause because you should already have your own motivation you should have a lighter underneath your ass that makes you get up and go. Yep. So let, let, let's be part of the solution and let's not uh, be part of the problem. And I'm talking to, to the people in the inner city that affects everything else. Let's stop being victims and let's go out there and get it. And then that way motherfuckers will maybe put a little bit of respect on our name. Let's go, baby. Let's go. Let's go. Get a drink, big dog. Get a drink. You, I mean, you want to, you want to, uh, uh, let, let me get this right here. Uh, hold on. Let me get this guy right here. You on Hoodstocks, talk to us, baby. You've been blowing this shit up. What's up? What's going on, Lucky? What up, my G? Hey, calling from Kern County, man. How you doing? Kern County, baby. She love and respect the Kern County. 
Hell yeah, man. All day. I've been a big fan, man. I've been following you for a while now. I appreciate everything you're doing as far as the podcast goes. Thank you, brother. I just had a quick question. I understand you guys are talking about immigration and all that, but where do you stand as a Second Amendment? I heard you earlier you said you're a veteran. Yes. As far as Second Amendment goes, where do you see it? Where you, how do you see it going? What can you do really for us at the time? Well, I'm pro-Second Amendment. Uh, you have every right to uh, stand your ground, and under my administration, it's going to be stand your ground state, which means that all the red flag laws, I think it was in 2019 and 2019 and part of 20, they came up with you know a half a dozen more laws to uh, make it a lot harder and more difficult for people to actually you know one get a gun, uh, two even to get more ammunition, and number three they uh, they increased red flag laws, which is pre crime, right? We don't we don't arrest right. people for pre crime, so um, so under my administration those are going to be rescinded on, and then at the same time too, while that's being worked on, I can expand on the castle law, meaning that you should be able to protect yourself that somebody comes on your land and if you feel that they've you know, crossed the line, you have every right to protect yourself, standing your ground and kill them. That's Perfect. what's gonna put uh, criminals back out there knowing that everybody has a right to defend themselves, to stand their ground and not go to jail. You should not be committed, you should not have to go to jail for protecting your home. In my home, I've engaged under the castle law, which means I put signs all around my home, around my gates, right? I'm the only person in the home, I put money up there because my wife is like, I don't want people even stepping one foot on my property without our say so my gates are closed the sign says uh, uh, trespassers will be shot and uh, survivors will be shot again yes it is across my house you will not come on my property without my say so and if you hop my fence i'm not going to sit there and ask you what are you doing on my land because that actually happened and uh, somebody was staring at the the pole in the backyard looked like some crazed old guy my wife didn't know what was going on. And I said, go get the gun. You have the high ground. They can't get upstairs. Get that gun and go and aim it at him and shoot him. And she says, you want me to shoot him? And I say, shoot him. I go, you're not going to sit there and ask questions and say, excuse me, sir. Why are you in my home? Why are you on my property? How did you, why did you hop my fence to my backyard? I'm not going to ask that because I have no idea who the hell you are. And you had the balls and the gumption to actually cross over. Shoot him. Ask questions after. And, uh, right. and then just before uh, she was about to, the man turned around. It turned out he was wearing civilian clothes, but he had a badge hanging, and he was from SG&E. And then another guy came oh, over, wow. and he said, no, 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 don't shoot, don't shoot. But here's the thing. They crossed over. They didn't ring the doorbell. They crossed over two gates. So this is what criminals know. And I've, I've even spoken to, um, you know, the laws where they're saying, you know, law-abiding citizens, you need to actually, you know, we, we need to get you to register. We need to make background checks. But here's the problem. I've, when, I've, when I've spoken to some people who have arrested for gun crimes, they've personally told me, yeah, I don't care. I'm going to go get the gun from another state. I'll, I'll find a friend. I'll pay him a lot of money to get me a gun and hand it over, and then they'll just report it lost. There's so many ways to build ghost guns and so on and so forth. No, we need to allow our civilians everybody to protect themselves. So I'm gonna fight for stand your ground. Hey, thank you for calling, brother. So. I appreciate no you, problem. dog. I appreciate it. Hey, Daniel. Yeah. My G. <laughs> I love it, bro. I love it. I wanna, I wanna uh, paint a scenario to you. Yeah. Uh, about this guy, this, this dude, this fool, that once upon a time ago, lived a criminal life, you know? And uh, he changed his life in his mid-30s, late-30s, you know? Because some, some, some guys, man, unfortunately, to say, they mature a little later. 
their brain develops a little later mm -hmm. from that 18-year-old mentality, 16, 13-year-old mentality. It takes them a little longer, you know? Yeah. And this guy that I'm talking about is me, bro. I figured. <laughs> this guy that I'm talking about is me, bro. I'm a homeowner now, bro. I own a house. I go to UCLA. Fucking, instead of breaking down the community, I'm building the community now. LA. Who I was back then is not who I am now. If you ever heard of someone changing their life, you're sitting across from them right now. Am I perfect? No. Do I have regrets? Yes. Sometimes, bro, I think about my past and I kick myself in the ass, bro. Like, if I can, just like I think about myself, bro, and I'm just like, stupid. Fuck, dumbass, brought kids into this world irresponsibly, yeah. under the influence of drugs, methamphetamine. Am I ashamed of who I used to be? <sighs> yeah, bro, you know? Who I was then is not who I'm now, bro. Now, I own a home, I'm the breadwinner of the family. Not to take anything from my wife. She's beautiful. She holds, she holds what she holds down, which is I, what, what I can't fill the shoes of, fill the shoes of, so to speak. Yeah. She's a woman, and she, we are the yin and the yang. But at the end of the day, at this point in my life, 44 years old, I got to protect my family. I have a house full of girls, bro. Mm -hmm. I have a house full of girls. Now, by law, the only way I can protect my family is with my hands. Yeah, because the law says because you're a felon, you can't have a gun, right? It's with my hands, brother. Yeah. I fucked myself. I know I did, bro. I fucked myself, dog. Mr. If someone comes into my house, I gotta use my hands, bro. If they have a gun, I have to use my hands by law. Yep, yeah. To protect my little girls, five, six-year-old, 13-year-old, 14-year-old. Her birthday was uh, actually today. It's tough, bro, it's mm -hmm. tough. Because now, the person I used to be is the person I have to worry about. Mm -hmm. I have to worry about me right. possibly coming into my house for the wrong intent, possibly jumping that fence like you said yeah. Yeah. with the wrong intent. I mean... I'm in a fucked up position, so to speak, in, in regards to being an alpha male and having to protect my family. Yeah. 
but but I, I take responsibility for my past because I clearly fucked up. Well, here's here's the interesting thing. I agree. You should have your rights given back to you because this is what I said, and I said this in a previous interview. And I hear what you're saying, and I agree. Um, one of the things is people said, well, you know, when somebody serves their debt to society, should they be given their rights back? And I said, well, two things. One, yes. Two, no. One, yes, because you served your time. Two, no, not right away. Why? Because you have to prove to your community that you don't have a propensity for doing it again. Clearly, you've already proven that. So there's a duration of time. What do we call them? that we put on you, we put a watchdog on you, a probation officer, there's a certain time frame that you have to do, and once you're done, you're done, that's it, you go on about your way, but you didn't get your rights back. You should have been given your rights back. You have to have them right. My administration, yeah, you get them back because you've already proven yourself, right? You got out? Because I tell people, listen, if you didn't get caught, would you still be a criminal? The, the answer is yes and no. Some people have admitted to me, yeah, if I didn't get caught, I, don't, I think I'd still be engaging in what I was engaging in, but you got caught. You wised up, you matured, you served your time, and you proved yourself to your community. Why wouldn't you get them back? There's a limit, but that limit has exceeded itself for somebody like you. You've proven yourself, you've educated yourself, you've moved past, and now you're building a community. Why wouldn't you be giving them back? There's a limit. If you just got out, well, you gotta wait a minute. You got time to still serve. That was just because you got caught. You got to pay, you you pay your dues. You don't get a reward for getting caught. You get a reward for the fact that you proved yourself and your community can trust you and you've wised up. Clearly, years have gone on now. You're my age. Why don't you have them back? That's abuse of authority. I don't support that. I never will. Let's get a phone call right here. This is a very special phone call right here. Caesar. Hold on real quick. Caesar. Hello, Caesar. Yes. This is a very special phone call right here. This man right here. Caesar, t tell Daniel a little bit about yourself, bro. Hey, uh, first of all, you know, Damn, you cut me off guard, my boy. I kept calling and calling. <laughs> I'm sorry, bro. I know. I we were we we're in the middle of a conversation, bro. So Caesar, Caesar was sentenced to to 25 years to life. And Caesar is now a free man. Nice. Caesar. Yes. Speak to Daniel. All right. So Daniel, first and foremost, man, it's nice meeting you. I know you've had some rough conversation as of late with the last few callers but no it's um, all good all i good. i i just got i just got a couple of questions for you bro yeah uh someone that's a big supporter of rehabilitation um if you were to come in as as governor of california the new governor of california uh what would you change from cdcr um because right now as you know oh i don't know if you do or not but there's a lot of lifers a lot of rehabilitated people coming home from prison mm -hmm. um, that deserve to be home. Like, what are your views in that? Like, do you agree that all these lifers are coming home? Do you agree? I heard you say you do, you do believe in rehabilitation. Right? Yeah. I heard right. you say that earlier. You know, so do you agree that, um, that lifers uh, can be, you know, can be a, 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 a success out here in the community, you know, 
Caesar, you know, real, real, real quick, let me, let me interject real quick. Caesar, yeah. Caesar was sentenced. Caesar, you were sentenced to 25 to life, correct? Uh, no, I was sentenced to 33 years to life. 33 years to life. Yeah. You did how many years? I did 25 years. He did 25 years, bro. And now this man is out and he's a part of an organization. What's the organization, brother? I'm part of the Anti-Recidivism Coalition. And so now he... Yeah, it's a nonprofit. And now he goes into prisons. He is pro. Yeah. He is giving keys now, bro, to go in these prisons and help lifers to get out of prison through rehabilitation. Right. Bro, like this dude is the real deal, bro. This dude was sentenced to something... And I know we hear it a lot sometimes to a crime that he wasn't, he didn't do. Right. And after 25 years, they said, you know what? You're right. You yeah, didn't yeah. do it. Yeah. You didn't do it. Yeah. Well, that's why I say, that's why I said earlier, I don't know if you were on earlier, but I did talk about the fact that um, the biggest things and the problems with our judicial system is our judges because all crime yeah. is commercial. I don't agree with that, which means that. This is why when they read you your your Miranda rights, right? You have you know what is that? The, you have the right to remain silent. Anything you say can and will be used you uh, will be used against you in a court of law. They never say for you; it's always against you, right? So anything you say will always be used against you in a court of law. Why is it against you and not for you or in support of you or to help you or to guide you? And then the language that is used in the courts are designed to be again against you. So because there's no commercial, there's no, there's no profit in it, right? That's key. That starts with our judges and then onto our lawyers. Number two, you've already proven yourself. And yes, so can people be rehabilitated? Yes, of course they can. Absolutely 100%. And there's already programs. You've clearly engaged into that. So that's why I also yeah. said too is that it's circumstantial depending on the crime. The one crime that I'll never excuse is pedophilia. I don't care what you say, no. But yeah, I understand I mean, that everybody so, who's engaged in crime could either be mistaken, could have been falsely accused and charged, and that we have a process system so that people can engage into trying to get out because maybe it doesn't align with the fact that they're innocent. But the yeah. process so, so is my too question, Like I said, I, I hear all that. I agree with you. Um, I think you're absolutely right. But, but my question is, what are you going to do? So. So right now, you know, Governor, uh, Governor Newsom is not, uh, you know, he's, he's allowing people to come back home to the family, people that have been rehabilitated, people that have been doing great uh, programming while they were in prison. Um, if you were to come in into office, let's say in a few months from now, mm -hmm. would you change anything or would you follow suit uh, with Governor, you know, Governor Newsom? That's my question because... Uh, yeah, there, I already know. Yeah, there there are definitely programs that are already working that I, I wouldn't change, especially rehabilitation programs that I know that are for criminals. Depending on the crime, there there are a number of programs that actually already work that are helping people in yeah. that. So the, there would be no reason but, for me to reinvent the wheel. Yeah, and that's what I'm saying because a lot of times, you know, I get it. Uh, the, the reason that I believe the reason that they're trying to recall Newsom is because of the way he handled the COVID situation, right? Well, and that's um, the thing. And, it's and, it, you don't get to you don't get to lock everybody down and you go live the life of luxury. Yeah. I hate saying that. I'm sorry. I, I, that, you I know, you don't. I, <laughs> you don't. I get it. I get it. I'm my. That's why. That's why I called in because my concern is I would want to know. Uh, 
you know, my, my interest is, is the people that are still inside. There's still a lot of great people in there. Um, I was once asked a question, if I had an opportunity to speak on their behalf, what would I say? And I can honestly tell you, there's a lot of great people that have really changed inside these prison walls that deserve a second opportunity at life. You know, I know a lot of them committed some heinous crimes, um, uh, but at the same time, you know, these people have rehabilitated themselves. There's a lot of people that no, you're talking, and you're talking also to everybody. There, everybody has a circumstance, and that's why. Yeah. That's why, and it's even written on my site is that there are there are a multitude of those, but we don't have enough programs to go through those multitudes because of the fact that our reform or our judicial, uh, you know, our branch is just so overwhelmed, purposely, right? Because there has to be again, there has to be a profit. I know people say, "Oh, that can't be it." It is it. That is the primary. Right, because we we fall under we fall under business law. We do not fall fall under natural law anymore. They changed the constitution from 1776 to 1787. Which again, a lot of people. This is the stuff that I've been learning. How do I repatriate everybody so that you fall under natural law, so that it's no longer commercial. There's no longer a profit in it. Right. That's another way to starve the government. What you're doing is trying to remove people by fighting through this business law, which is why it's so long and it takes such a long time when you've seen that some people were mistakenly identified or people were in jailed um, wrongfully yeah. or people who yeah. maybe had something that was a misdemeanor that turned into a felony that had nothing to do with what they did, but they got they were at the wrong place at the wrong time. I can't tell you how many people I've already talked to in this arena. So yes, I'm, I'm right there with you when it comes to that. There's already your programs and several other programs that are associated to what the state has already outlined I'm not going to throw away. If anything, they're going to be expanded on. However, again, I have to start by putting our judges on, on notice because if they're not, they're going to keep engaging in this activity and people like you are going to be overwhelmed and, and we're going to just keep filling up systems or we're going to wrongfully let out the wrong person and that person is going to go after you know a good family. So there's a balance so let, let me ask you. Let me ask you another question. How do you feel about all these new bills that have been passed by Sacramento? Uh, that are for like uh, a lot of people were, were charged as juveniles and uh, and they went straight to prison. I mean, when I was in prison uh, back in the, in the 90s, I got arrested in 1991, but around 1996, um, there was kids that were 15 years old in prison, level four facilities. And uh, oh, you mean charging a you mean charging a, a, a child for adult crime? Yes. How do you feel about that? I mean, for me, that borders, uh, that's a really sensitive border. Personally, no. I mean, you're a child, right? I always say yeah. at the end of the day, you know, if my child turns out to be a little asshole, that's my fault, right? I failed him as a father. I failed him as a parent. Um, it's not my child's fault, right? We've already drawn the line as to where that line is as an adult, 18. You're an adult, you're 18, you committed a crime, then you get charged as an adult. You're a minor, you're a child, you committed a crime, that's the parent's fault, right? But the child still did the crime, so they have to do the time. However, um, no, I, I get it, but you're, we're charging them as an adult. And like you yeah. said, when you're 19, you're not the same as when you're 45. When you're a 13-year-old, you're not the same when you become 32 years old. You know, again, so this, oh, yeah. is, this is something that I don't, I've never quite agreed with. It's never okay. settled with me. Yeah. Because, I mean, basically that law has already passed. No, I know. Um, I know. You know anything that that's law, too, and here's the understanding, too, anything that's law, 
the governor cannot just by an executive order waive and and uh, and prevent it. You have to you have to uh, override it through a proposition. Yes, a governor can institute proposition to the state, and as many as yeah. he wants or she wants to are override you, those injustices. Are you familiar with the Hope and Redemption team? No, no. Have no. you ever heard of the Hope and Redemption team? No, no I can't say that have I have. You heard, have you heard? Have you heard of uh, ARC? Uh, AR what? ARC, the a Anti Recidivism Coalition. No. No. Okay, so th this is a, an organization that put a, a team together of former lifers that allows us to go back inside and uh, facilitate character development groups for the men inside and uh, and it's not, and it's not oh. just for the lifers it's oh, for no, everyone no, I, okay no i think i have but go ahead keep going yeah it's, it's for everyone um we we as a credible messenger get a chance to go back in and, and show them that what change looks like right we show them that uh this is what rehabilitation like rehabilitation really does work if if you internalize it and uh and you can be a productive member of society if yeah. you choose to you don't have to live that life and, uh, and another thing too was now, what we tell them is when they come home, they have something to come home to, which is yeah. our organization, right. where we can, um, you know, put them in a, in a union trade in the construction field. Right. So no, they don't have to no longer go back into the street or go to their neighborhood. They can go back and actually, you know, get a career in yeah. construction and make really good money. I, I, know, so yeah, I, again, I, I don't have any, I've never had any problems with any of that. You know, yes, yeah. rehab works. Okay. Well, I mean, like I said, uh, I was. Those were my questions. Like I said, my my concern was if you were to come in, um, don't matter if you're Republican, Democrat, it don't matter to me. As long as that, uh, you know, you follow suit what 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 Newsom is doing, what you're being, and it's not being lenient. It's just really going by by uh, by the book. If, if if a man or a woman has has served their time and has been rehabilitated, they should have a an opportunity for a second chance, you know? No, and, no, I, uh, that I, was it. Yeah, and I tell everybody, listen, we're, we're all sinners. We all make uh, mistakes, um, you know, and then, and like I said earlier too, yes, things are circumstantial, and uh, we definitely have a huge yeah. problem here, and I'm not I'm not yeah. aiming to increase that, you know? There's always, there's always uh, groups out there, people like you, that are trying to make things better, uh, that are also, some of, some of the groups get stonewalled too, or not expanded on, so they kind of yeah. just let you scratch the surface, but they don't actually let you get in there a little bit deeper. And then, of course, there are some crimes that I'll never move on. And like I said earlier, that's, you know, that's pedophilia. I don't, I am yeah. never going to agree to that. I'm never going to, there's no group that's ever going to come to me personally and ever tell me, well, we can normalize that. We can, we can fix yeah. that. No, no, you can, you can, you can minister to them. You can um, psychologically give them therapy or whatever, but I'm not going to sit there and engage in the fact that um, they're going to ever go back out on the streets again. In my personal opinion, that's life. Yeah, and everybody has that opinion. That's fine. So, um, another question too, uh, and, and this is—I'm I'm guessing you've been in politics for a while, right? No, uh, let, let me let everybody know I'm not a politician, and I haven't been in politics. Uh, I'm a veteran, and I work in—you uh, know—I I work in uh, marketing. I do uh, productions. I have my own independent production company. I also uh, own my own LLC for a private investment group, and uh, you know, I—I I, I don't. Uh, I really don't care for politics. I loathe politics. It's a mudslinging environment. I'm just somebody who gives a crap about his state, somebody who loves his country, and I'm tired of all the corruption. And that is both sides of the fence. So when people go, oh, you're rich, you're Republican. Listen, both sides are at fault. 
in my personal uh-huh. opinion. The but when you run, you have to register as one or the other or something else. So, I hear you. I hear you. Hey, Caesar, I appreciate the phone call, brother. Uh, thank you so much, dog. Absolutely, man. Absolutely. All right, brother. And thank great you. conversation, by the way. Absolutely, dog. Yeah. Um, let me get this last last phone call. Last phone call. All right. Last phone call. You're on host talks. Last phone call. What do you got to say? Yes. Hello. Yes. Can you hear me? Yes. Okay. I have I have two questions. Okay. My first question is for the paleteros out there, the charges that they're giving. Um, what is how does he feel about the new charges that they're trying to uh, put charges on the street vendors? out in California. That's my first question. And my second question is how, I know how he said he cares about uh, California and our people, but how how can he fix the nutrition in the hospitals? Because there has been multiple people that have been forced to eat food that is not the prior, the right nutrition, especially for our elders and the people that are also suffering other, other serious uh, conditions. So I want to know how he feels about about uh, our elderly, how we can change our nutrition in our hospital system, and uh, our street vendors. Uh, let me go to the first, which is the uh, the elders or the nutrition in the hospital. My father actually died uh, in the hospital from non-Hodgkin's lymphoma, and uh, one of the things that uh, my brother was doing was uh, the hospitals wanted to. I you know it's kind of hard to talk about, but. My brother uh, started giving my my father uh, basically health drinks, right, to kind of help him get him, get him back on his feet. Well, before that happened, the hospital called all of us, his children. There's four of us, and uh, they told us that uh, he wasn't going to make it. He hasn't woken up, and that uh, we needed to basically uh, pull him off of life support. And uh, I wouldn't do it. The rest of my brothers and sisters were saying, you know, quality of life. We really need to think about him, and I just I couldn't do it. And, uh, and I was arguing with them. And so that night when we were going back and forth, we went back to the hotel, we came back. The next morning, my, my father woke up. And, uh, and I said, let my father decide on his own what he wants us to do. And of course, you know, they were trying to feed him. And the food was, was junk. And uh, my father realized that we were there. He didn't want to see us, you know, see him, you know, the way he was when he was uh, going through chemo and radiation. And, um, but he signed his own DNR. And he told, he said, I don't want my kids deciding this. I'm gonna decide it. If I fall back under, don't resuscitate me. Well, he stayed awake for a number of weeks and uh, my brother was the last one to kind of stay with him and he was kind of giving him this health drink and it started giving him energy. And he started walking around and he started talking more and he started phone calling all of us again and he was doing way better and the color of his skin was coming back because my, my brother was very into, uh, like right now he's a bodybuilder. So he's very into nutrition. So everything that you said, the hospitals, um, the hospital got on our case for doing that and said that we needed to give him the standardized food that was administered, that was being administered to him. And it started making it worse for him. And uh, it started almost seeming like it was speeding up the process again. My brother would take him off. He would start to do better, put him back on. He was doing worse. And then eventually he passed away. So and I, you didn't want to do the feeding tube. You were like, I'm not going to go that route because correct. it can get infected. So look, so look, so this is the case. The nutrition, I'm, I know about the, li- the, the, the nutrition, the liquids. Okay, now it gets to the daily bread because tortillas, you know, corn, you know, stuff like that. You know, they try to tell you, okay, look, if we give them 
bread, a sandwich, they're going to choke. There's going to be a lawsuit. But you have you have to sign a waiver. That way, if if um, you're, they give him bread, he won't choke. They're not responsible. But look, check this out. As a Catholic, speaking for Catholics, and I don't need to get religious or anything, but no, Catholics, ahead. they believe in their daily bread, you right. know, and that gives us life because of Jesus. That's his, you know? And, and the, 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 church, the shakes, how you said, that is his blood. So with that, it gives us life. So look, this is where it gets more critical. Right now, the nurses are working 12-hour shifts, right? Okay, so it's not the same nurse all the time. They don't pass the message. There'll be times when I'll call for elders, hey, can, can, I, can I see if he's, if he's hungry? Oh, they're like, oh, yeah, I gave him a sandwich already. And then they'll be like, oh, oh. And I, I talked to, talk to the elder, hey, did he give you a sandwich? No, he didn't give me a sandwich. Talk back to the RN, to the nurse. Oh, he doesn't want to eat it. So then there's two stories, and they don't want to pass. Well, you're the, ta- that's the a level. Yeah, you're talking about laws that uh, don't allow for you know families to basically have the ultimate and final say over their elders, over their you know family members that are hospitalized. Um, and there, there, there used to be. But a lot of nutrition. the rooms, yeah, a lot of the laws have changed. So when it comes to nutrition, it comes to health or personal health, um, you know, they've removed that ability, especially now. Again, you know, they're taking rights away from the parents to have a final say over their own children. So yes, the laws need to be changed. A governor can institute, yeah, resources, uh, state agencies, um, other health departments. We have a health department. Well, the governor can appoint the health director. So there's no reason why, as a governor, I would put in somebody who's actually going to be telling the truth and giving the real control so oh, back over to the people and their family members, right? Your hospital, your representatives, the people that are in the, in the medical community are there to guide the final or best decision that family members can make for their loved ones when they're in a time of care or in a time of need. And that has been removed and been given over to the state more so now than ever. So no, I'm in support of giving it back. And there is a, a easy way to do that without the legislative branch that can get around through the health director that, that a governor can appoint. Um, and then your second question was, um, uh, what was it over? Um, the, the, the street vendors. Street vendors. And what was your question about the street vendors? They're trying to put uh, charges on our street vendors for, you know, sell, especially our, like you said, you know, our, vet, our vendor, vet, veterans. Mm-hmm that are also our homeless, that are giving their life for the country, that are also have uh, Mex- Mexican-American blood, uh, some, some that were born very early in, in, Mexico, in Mexico. They don't know the country, they fought for the country. Yeah, I can't answer- you know, situations like that, you Yeah, know? I can't answer intelligently on that, as far as the street vendors. I, I do know that street vendors have been given uh, more leeway as far as being able to operate, um, but as far as being fined, I know that some of the fines um, occur differently uh, per city. So I know that the Los Angeles uh, charges more and uh, fines more. So as a sole proprietor, when I used to work in Los Angeles as an independent filmmaker, um, I was I had to get uh, extra licensing and insurances and fees that I had to pay to the city that had nothing to do with the state. So it's kind of a, a city by city basis. So I, I don't know exactly what the charges would be or what they're charging for, but um, that is something that I'll, I'll definitely you know, try you to look into. You would charges, correct? Yeah. Hey, I appreciate your phone call, bro. This is the last phone call. Thank you for calling right. in. Thank you. Thank so, you, man. I appreciate I, your call. Thank you, bro. I appreciate you for connecting me. Hey, so I want to end it on this right here, bro. Yeah. Who are you here with? Who am I here with? Yeah. My campaign manager. 
what, what shirt does your campaign manager have on? He's got a Proud Boy shirt on. Why does he got a Proud Boy shirt on? He's a Proud Boy. He's a Proud Boy? He is. Okay. And what, and what is a Proud Boy? Well, from what I know and from what I've learned and from what I have when I've engaged with some of them is uh, people who'd love their sovereignty and their freedoms and uh, don't want to see any of the protests uh, go haywire and crazy and they don't want to see attacks. Most of them that I've seen that I've been out there when I've gone to protests, I've actually seen them remove people who have been attacked by people who are in Antifa. They've actually circled them up and kind of used their own bodies as shields. I've personally seen that. As, as far as I'm going to tell you right now, are they all on the same page? No, they're not. And what page is this guy on? Hey, he's on the page of uh, freedom and sovereignty. In and fact, what, is in free, fact, what is freedom and sovereignty in your perspective? People who love the Constitution, people who love God, people who love family, people who love their communities, first and foremost, 100%. I love my country, I love my freedom, and I love my sovereignty. So That's first. Okay, so, I, get the, I get that, bro. So if, if you're trying to win the, the governor position in the state of California, I mean, that's kind of a risky, uh, that's a little risky, bro, to be r rolling around with a, 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 a proud boy as a campaign manager because and he's sitting right in front of me on the side of me right here. You know what I mean? That, 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 you know, it's, 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 it's kind of like, a, you know, it's a bad look. It's not a bad look because I knew him before he was a proud boy. I didn't know until maybe partially through, but at the same time, too, he's a Marine first. He served as I served. And then on top of that, too, you know, we're both grapplers. And uh, we just, you know, found camaraderie because when you grapple somebody, you get to know them pretty well. And then one day he came into a mutual friend and was like, you know, I just feel like I need to run because I'm tired of all the lockdowns. I'm tired of all the nonsense. I don't know what to do. I feel like I can't survive. I can't take care of my family. And our mutual friend said, you should call Daniel. He's running for governor. And I was needing somebody that was brash around the edges like me, didn't care to make phone calls and just let people know about my message. And he called up and he said, but you shouldn't, you, you. but shouldn't you have for a campaign manager, shouldn't you have someone that's neutral opposed to just leaning on, 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 you know, a certain side? I'll tell you, let me, let me just be honest with you right now. Um, he not once has ever told me, you know, you should go this route. In fact, one of the biggest things was, was when he told me, I said, well, I don't care. I don't really care. And then when because I, you know him before that. Exactly. Okay. And so I knew I know the person. And then when he said, well, you know, there's people that I know that also, you know, are are either part of him and support of them or they know them. Would you would you be willing to talk to some of them? And I said, I don't really care. I'll talk to Antifa. I'll talk to BLM. I'll talk to uh, which I have. I'll talk to Proud Boys. I'll talk to street gangs, which I have. Um, people say, you know, go out there, you know, you know, you should go talk to the homeless and the drug addicts, which I have. I don't really care who you are. I don't really care what you believe as far as your faith is concerned, whether you believe in Buddha, Mohammed or anything. I don't really care what the media says. Um, I've got people even in my own family that have been in jail, have served time, and um, they're on my staff. They're helping me. My sister has been in jail multiple times. She has served multiple years uh, back to back, and she's my treasurer. And she has handled my books, and she has handled um, all of my meetings, and she has handled a lot of uh, you know, my, uh, my encounters with people who are trying to reach out that want me to come speak, that want to talk to me, or go on Zoom, or live, or something like this. And same with my campaign manager. I don't really give a crap about anything else. So people can look at me and go, oh, well, you're in support. I'm not. Otherwise, I wouldn't even sat down with the people yesterday when I sat down and talked to BLM, Antifa, and Proud Boys. I will go where you want. 
I don't really care if you're in support of certain people. If you want to hear from me and you want to talk to me, talk to me. If you want to have, a, a, a have it out and have a disagreement, I'm for that. I don't really care. If that's what he supports, that's what he supports. I personally have my own personal experience. And now I can say honestly too, BLM, I know now and I understand where their cries are coming from. Same with Antifa and some of the people. And then are they disagreements? You bet. But here's what I'm now realizing. We're all on the same page. We're all Americans. And if no one's willing to go into that into that den or that lion's den, then it's then it's just that we're never going to solve our issues. So take that for what it's worth. I don't really. Care. I want to give I want to give you a chance, bro. You want to you want to talk? Not right now. Okay. You'll come on the show, and I'd, and I'd love to have you on the show, bro. Yeah, and I'd love to have you on the show, bro. But I didn't know that was a proud boy shirt. I didn't know you were a proud boy, bro. You know what I mean? Uh, is is the information that I've gotten, which I'm has Jew. been one sided, bro? It's been one sided. I'm a Jew. You're a Jew? a Jew. Yeah, that's the other thing too. I'm a Jew People. And I was raised by, by See that right there, baby? So you so 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 you're not you're not you're not racist, nothing like that. I fuck Nazis up, dude. You fuck Nazis up. That's right, baby. I like that. 100% all day yeah. Okay. So that's why I tell people, people are like, yeah. you know, what well, I say, listen, you, man, know, you, know, you got my... Jews, Mohan, you got people who are Muslim in, in yeah. all of these groups. Let me just tell everybody, listen, when I talk to BLM, there are people who believe in Jesus, people who, who uh, you know, believe in philosophy, Hare Krishnas, and then, of course, believe in the philosophy of Marxism, but they think they want to combine it with uh, the Constitution, and, you know, the two don't work. I don't really, listen, we're all going to sit down one way or another. Otherwise, otherwise, we're going to keep eating at each other's throats and we're going to keep having this. And people want to think, that's why I'm glad he asked me, the, are you? No. I don't care. If you want to serve on my staff, you want to be on my team, then look at what I stand for. When I was uh, running for Congress, people, uh, I got a bunch of uh, letters in the mail. And in the mail, it comes from super PACs. And the PACs come up with some of these documents. It's different for everybody and, and the way they word it. And it says, if we endorse you, um, you have to take our money. And I thought to myself, why do I have to take your money? So I called them up and I said, well, I understand what you're writing here, but why do I have to take your money? If you endorse me, it's because you believe in my campaign, you believe in my policies, you know that I'm standing on at least trying to be, you know, I'm a conservative, I believe in God and freedom, and I want to maintain what we have. And they said, well, it's just a way for us to hold each other accountable. And I said, no, because if I sign the contract down below, it said that um, it could be held up in a court of law, which is why your representatives, when they take money from a payout, for their campaign are now have to do a 180 the second they get seated. Why? Because they're under contract. So if they create a law or they try to pass legislation, they can't. Why? Because they're under that contract because they took the money. I wouldn't take the money. And because I wouldn't take the money, it pissed them off. So then they said, we'll double down. How about we help you and we'll get you into the 26th district of California, guaranteed. How can you guarantee? You don't know. Why would you guarantee me this? And they said, listen, don't worry about that. We have 2,000 members. We can give you 50,000 as a pack. That's the max for the state under the FEC. We have 2,000 members. We'll tell them to send out the max, $2,500. That's 250,000 plus 50, that's 300,000. And they were gonna teach me how to keep it by running it through a nonprofit. I wouldn't take it. So when I talk to people like this, I don't care. If you love our country, be on my team. If you don't like what I stand for, don't vote for me. You know what, bro? We gotta have you on, bro. Because what, what I just said right now is I've always heard a one-sided, right? We'll do it. We'll do it. We need to have you on, bro. And this isn't, this isn't me shitting on you, bro. Right? This is absolutely not. All respect right here, my G. You know what I mean? Absolutely, dog. But we need to have you on to give the proud boy, proud boy side 
of the conversation. Because everything is a conversation, right? Yeah. We, need to, we need to have these conversations because yep. when you have conversations, you learn. You learn. We have understandings. Yep. And, and, and Daniel Mercury, Maji, brother. Thank you so much, brother. Oh, thank you. This has been good, bro. Can you tell us when the election is? September 14th. Yeah, and I think, uh, I think they're going to send out, if I'm not mistaken, maybe 30 days before, before they're going to send out all the ballot information and whatnot. Yeah. And, uh, and so, how, so when the ballot information comes out, you, you explained to me on the phone call, excuse me, um, you said that they're, you're either going to go for Nat Gavin Newsom or not, and if, you, if it's a not, then you have 40 plus individuals that you can choose from. Yep. Daniel Mercury is one of them. Now, if you like what Daniel Mercury has said today, then you're going to vote for him. Mm-hmm. If you don't, you're not going to vote for him. Nope. It's black and white, baby. Yeah, listen, I don't pander to your vote. And that's why you know I tell people, you're not going to get a political answer from me. Um, you don't like who I hang out with, that's fine. You don't like who I know, you don't like who I talk to, that's fine, that's up to you. Look at my policies, look at me as a person, and know that I stand that no matter what, even when I served, I didn't care about who you served. I didn't care about who, what you believed in, and I didn't care about you know, whether or not you were Democrat, Republican, Independent, whether you were a gang member, or whether you were somebody that was, you know, who loves Marxism. I fought for, and I will continue to fight for, your sovereignty, your freedom, and your ability to speak up without repercussion. You don't have to, I don't have to like what you say, but I have every right to let you say it and walk away and, and know what I know and believe what I believe. That's look, what it's coming look, down to. Look at the, the chat day. line. The chat line said, I'm going to vote for this guy. <laughs> He's got my vote. The chat line, Hoodstocks, the community is speaking right now. And they're saying, they're going to vote for you, bro. Thank you. Well, thank you for, you know, taking a chance and bringing me on and, you know, let me talk to your audience. Life is a chance, baby. You know what I mean? And life is a conversation. And one thing we have right here is we have a conversation that we are looking at from all angles, bro. I mean, right now, right here, bro, we don't... Everybody judges, man. Everybody, yeah. Everybody's got something to say about this and that, you know what I mean? But at the end of the day, hear the words that are coming out this man's mouth, and you make a decision on what you want for the future of California. What you want, because it, it doesn't end in California. No. California's just a stepping stone, baby. You know, and it, it, who knows, he can be the president of the United States one day, you know? Let me, let me just and, and say this too. I want people to understand, listen, you can consider to me be an asshole, that's okay. You can- uh... I respect assholes, because they're gonna <laughs> tell us the way it is, bro. Thank you. And that's me. But I, at the end of the day, hate politics. I love my country. I love my state. I love differences of opinion. I love the fact that you don't, even if you don't want to vote for me and you chose your candidate, I will always respect you. All I want is my freedom. I just want my sovereignty. I want to clean house in this state, in this country. I don't care for anything else. I'm not a policymaker. I just want what I want back, which is for all of us to be a community, to love our neighbor. And it's gonna take a hell of a lot more than just an Ivy League education. It's gonna take somebody with the willingness to, can stand up in the face of adversity 
and risk their life. Because the stuff that I'm talking about is dangerous conversation. Because it gets in the way of those who are in control right now. I don't care if you're Democrat or what you voted on last year or the year before. I don't care that we have a disagreement of statues. I care that you can wake up tomorrow morning and say, I'm a free man, and today I'm going to try something new and see if I can spread the good love throughout the rest of our state and our country. That is what I give a crap about. And at the end of the day, we can keep talking and come to a conclusion. But I'm not going to sit here and impose upon you, you know, uh, negativity or to try to enslave you. I'd rather learn from you and find common ground. We don't have that. And we have legislators in office that don't care for that. That's why it's falling on deaf ears, and that's why I'm here today. Daniel Mercury, baby. Daniel Mercury, baby. Hey, let everybody know how they can reach you, how they can follow you, how they can support you, brother. Uh, you can go to uh, my website at danielforcowgovernor.com. Uh, because, you know, I, I do have my social media sites. I have been shadow banned. You can still click on my links and you will find me and you can share those. That's one of the biggest things that you can do for me. I don't want your money. I know it takes money. I'd rather you give me something in kind as far as, you know, asking me to come out and or opening up your doorways or, or pointing me into somebody that says we want you to come and speak or we got a podcast and we'd love for you to sit down to reach another audience that way. Keep your money. Yeah, I'll find a way. But if you want to donate, because that's the only thing you can do, you can, there's a donate button, whatever you want, doesn't matter. I, I'd, I'd rather you just say, come talk to me. Come talk to my family. I don't want your hard-earned money. Any candidate that says otherwise, they're not in it for you. They're in it for the money. They're in it for the prestige. I don't want that. I want you to have it back. So if you want to help me, the best thing that you can do is go to my website, danielforcalgovernor.com. Click on one of the social media links. I'm on all of them as much as I can think of. I think it's Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, Gab, uh, Parler, YouTube, Rumble, and uh, one other one. Click on one of them that's your favorite and, and because that's the one that you prefer, and I'll probably be on there. And you can also send me an email if you want to talk to me personally and you've got ideas. I'm all for anybody who wants to help me, to support me with ideas. Even if it's a policy and you like what I've written down, you want to help me out that way, you want to help me iron it out, I would love that. Daniel, welcome to the Hoodstock's family, baby. Hey, brother. Thank you, Appreciate brother. It. Thank you so much, dog. Everybody give it up for Daniel Mercury, baby. We are out of here. Thank you so much. It's been amazing. <laughs>